Hello and welcome to The 250, your weekly podcast look at the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time, and sometimes the bottom 100 as well. I'm Darren. And I'm Andrew. And this week we're discussing a late, the latest entry on the bottom 100. It's been coming a while and finally arrived. At number minus 100, it is Holmes and Watson. Holmes and Watson. The December 2018 Sony Pictures release, the uh, Golden Razzie winning, by the way, this making Sony Pictures uh, the rare studio to win the award two years in the row in a row, uh, which is quite an accomplishment. Um, and also, as we've noticed on this podcast before, a lot of the contemporary entries from the into the bottom 100, including stuff like Slenderman, the Emoji Movie, this, are all Sony releases as well. And, and, and what was their winner last year? Their winner last year was the Emoji Movie. Oh. So they won this in 2018, and then the year before they won for the Emoji Movie. This was nominated for six. Golden Razzie Awards. Yeah, it's quite... I'd be interested to see what they were. Okay. Are we having like an early visit to the fact machine? I think we can have an early visit to the fact machine. <laughs> and we're back from the fact machine uh, with... and Yeah, I think you're, you're right. There are six uh, nominations, three wins uh, for this. So you want to take a look at the Razzie wins for the uh, for Holmes and Watson? Yeah, I'm I'm surprised at some of these, to be honest. Okay, so sorry, uh, so it's four so... four wins and two nominations. Apologies. So in terms of nomination, it was nominated for worst screen combo with Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. It didn't win that one, unfortunately. It was also nominated but didn't win for worst actor Will Ferrell, uh, which is an interesting one given what we know. Actually, it's given that we the categories that we know that it won. Do you want to move on to what we thought, what it actually won? Yes. yes um, by the way, it should be noted that Will Ferrell lost Best Actor to Donald Trump for Fahrenheit 11.9 and Death of a Nation, uh, because obviously those are the low-hanging sort of fruit that the Razzies tend to go for. Uh, okay, so what it did win was it won Worst Remake, Ripoff, or Sequel, right. which is an interesting categorization. It is I don't know if you can count a movie that's spoofing another type of movie as a ripoff, but, you know, I think that's defensible. The Worst Director Award went to Ethan Cohen. Well, I tell a lot of the worst movies, like according to IMDb, are um, spoofs or ripoffs. Yes, so thinking right. like epic movie, date exactly. movie, disaster, uh, disaster movie. movie, all that sort of stuff. I think, yeah, that, that sort of stuff. So they tend to be like bad spoofs or bad ripoffs. And I think that there's a tendency because there's a lot of that family guy type of humor which is hey you know this thing from this thing so we don't need to make a joke about it right that sort of aspect to it and i think we'll probably talk a bit about uh holmes and watson in that when we get on so worst director ethan cohen this is an interesting one i think it won the razzie award for best supporting actor for john c Riley's performance that is interesting i feel like if one of them were to get the razzie because this is a will ferrell john c Riley. Okay. um two-header, two-hander almost, like yeah. Step Brothers, like Talladega Nights, to pick an exactly. example. And I, I, I feel like Will Ferrell is is the, um, out, out of the two, is is is, is the one who's, who's who's offended most in this movie. Um, who has caused the worst, sort and, of, yeah. And I, 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 like, I suppose we, um, we should say whether we want people to watch this movie <laughs> before we start, um, is it too early to talk about what we thought of it? Because I thought John C. Reilly was okay. I thought, yeah, I would agree with you. John C. Riley was definitely not the worst offender. I was probably 
the best part of the movie, I think, for me, if we're being entirely honest. I thought yeah. Riley was good giving in game um, yeah. in the sense that a comic supporting actor needs to be. Um, it wasn't necessarily as showy. And weirdly enough, it has that thing that Riley's comic performances have where there's an underlying sense of pathos. Now, that pathos is, you know, something that comedians do well themselves, like Carell does it quite well. And, you know, sort of Feral at his best does it quite well. But Riley really taps into it as a sense of almost like sort of tragedy yeah. about this bumbling comedic sort of idiot. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, maybe down to his background in sort of this... Uh, as a dramatic actor, because I mean, people think of him now as the guy from Step Brothers or the guy from Talladega Nights or whatever. And, you know, this is an Oscar nominated supporting actor. You know, this yeah. is the guy who like cut his teeth doing work in dramas and indies and big studio films as a supporting player. And I think that, you know, that's those sort of strengths stand to him when he kind of eases over into comedy, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's not that much he can't do. Yeah. Um, uh, John, John, John C. C. Riley, which which which. Which accounts for how how much he is used, yes. kind of the, this this um, this year even. Yeah, well, I mean, well, this this is the thing, and there's a large discussion about this. I think uh, I don't know whether it was the Atlantic or the New York Times made the observation that there's something very disheartening about the fact that Riley didn't get a lot of love for his work on, say, to pick to pick two examples, Stan and Ollie, right? Two hander with Steve Coogan, who also appears here. Um, or his work on the Sisters Brothers with Joaquin right. Phoenix, who does not appear here. Although there is somebody who is very interested in, in, in whacking off, as it were, in this particular movie. Um, and it is kind of, it's kind of sad that this ended up overshadowing those two films. Because this was the biggest award that he got in award season, despite the fact that he's very good in both of those. Like, I, I don't love both of those movies. I think there's a lot to recommend Stan and Ollie. I really like Stan and Ollie. I think the Sister Brothers has some very serious problems, but I think that its performances are great. And a large part of that is Riley himself is the best actor in that ensemble. I think there is some truth in the idea that, yeah, that it's it's kind of a shame that this is what overshadowed those two. Mm. You know? Um, and particularly because this is such a deeply, deeply, deeply troubled production. Um, very, very briefly to give a, a kind of an oversight or sort of a kind of a, you know, a, a bit of context for this. This project was originally announced in 2008. It was going to star, fresh off the back of Teledega Nights, the, lo the brilliant comedic duo of Sasha Baron Cohen as Sherlock Holmes and Will Ferrell as Dr. John Watson. Right. Adam McKay was supposed to direct, um, and that was going to be the project there. And what happened is, ironically enough, the guy Richie... Financial crisis? <laughs> <laughs> is that what happened? And then it was like, no, I got to do a big was, short. Yeah, Adam McKay's like, I got to, you know, I know that Holmes and Watson is an important film, guys, but hold on, I want to get a Best Picture nomination. Yeah, I, I, like, I've tried to make this movie about the financial crisis. <laughs> like the like, other guys? Like the other guys, yeah, it's just uh, not happening. But yeah, there's there's a lot of that. But uh, so yeah, so that I'm was... Sure the, is, I'm sure the person taking over will be fine. I mean, he's a Coen <laughs> brother. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I this, owe you, I owe you an apology, by the way. This I think. is Coen Brothers Strikes Again. Yeah, big, 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 the same thing happened with Garfield. Yes, where Bill Murray different got a different Coen. With, yeah, you're right. Actually, it was it was Joel Cohen, another Joel Cohen. Yeah, another um, Joel Cohen. There's 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 uh, like in the same world, like in in this universe that we live in. Yes, there 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 is both a prime Joel <laughs> Cohen and a bizarro <laughs> Joel, uh, Cohen. Joel Cohen, and. There's both a prime Ethan, Ethan Cohen Gohan. and a bizarro Ethan Cohen. Ethan Cohen, Cohen yeah. Ethan Cohen yeah. with a, with a moustache. 
and there it's impossible to tell them apart. Yeah. For a strange thing about this, um, Ethan Cohen, um, is that he's he's done some okay stuff. Yeah. I'm sure the uh, Joe Cohen probably has as well. Like like like. Um, well, Ethan Cohen got nominated. He did like um, Madagascar. He did the Madagascar movies, yeah, for example. The question also... is whether he's done something good as a as a director. Tropic Thunder as well. I think Tropic he's a Thunder, on Tropic Rodan, Thunder. Yeah. yeah. And um, Idiocracy. Yeah. Um, oh, with Mike Judge. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. So. That. Um, oh, and so he did Beavis and Butthead as well. That's where he got his break. He got his yes, break working on Beavis yeah, and Butthead. Yeah. Yeah. So he. That's the kind of uh, Mike Judge uh, uh, connection. I think he's done some family guy as well yeah. but um that's kind of writing or is it directing <laughs> i think that's right no it's writing yeah but um direction directorially he's he done has, get hurt yes the yeah. other will ferrell movie from 2017 uh starring kevin um Hurst. Hart. yes about the finance again financial crisis strikes again but about this uh it's, it's a money laundering guy who gets sentenced to prison and so hires kevin hart in order to toughen him up that's right I have not seen this movie. I'm going to refrain from comment on it. I feel like I've seen parts of it. I think similar to this movie, it kind of has moments that are kind of funny. But um, it's... I worry about Will Ferrell a bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- this is this is the argument, is that Will Ferrell... And this is something The Verge made an interesting observation about. So, but just, just to get back to giving like a bit of context for this. So the original project was 2008. That fell through. Part of the reason that it fell through was the uh, emergence of the rich Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movies. Which is ironic given how much they ended up being an influence on the film as it actually developed. Right. But it was eventually pushed down the line. It was originally going to release in... They started shooting in, I think, late uh, 2016, early 2017... They originally aimed for a summer release of August uh, 2018. Then Sony took a look at the uh, test, the test scores on the screenings that they had for audiences. Right. Panic set in. They famously tried to sell this movie to Netflix. Netflix, who happily took the Cloverfield paradox off the hands of Paramount Pictures. Uh, another disastrous, horribly disfigured movie. Maybe they maybe they made the mistake in the meeting. They were like, "Oh, fantastic! You're you're going to buy it." You see, I told you they would buy it. <laughs> they'll buy anything. <laughs> they'll buy anything. Whoa! What what did you say? Oh, I was just saying to my friend here. He was saying there's no way they're going to buy this movie. It's a turkey, and I said, "Of course they're going to buy it. They they're, buy everything. They're Netflix." And it's like, well, that while that may be true, <laughs> we won't buy anything. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 insulted, sir. Yeah, just pack up your stuff, go to a film festival. We're going to buy the open house instead. Thank you very much. Um, the other entry on the bottom 100 from late 2018 uh, and the first Netflix movie to make either list. But yeah, so the, the, the test screening figures were disastrous and uh, Sony panicked. They moved it back to, first of all, they moved it back to October. Then they pushed it back again. They released it on Christmas Day 2018. They did, which apparently is a big uh, movie-going day. In the right. States. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing where I think Daddy's Home 2, of all things, again, to bring us back to the Will Ferrell shared universe, Daddy's Home 2 has a plot that hinges on yeah. the family getting stuck in the cinema at Christmas. I've, watching I've, a Liam Neeson movie, which turns out to be eerily prescient of hard powder slash cold pursuit. Where Liam Neeson is a, a snowplow driver hell-bent on revenge. Yeah. Which is kind of I, hilarious that that's now actually a movie that exists. I, um, I, I don't want... This, this kind of happens, I guess, with, um, 
are, are, how hard are we going to be on 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 Will Ferrell here? Like like ha, has he kind of you know bought enough credit that that we kind of um should lay off on him, or is it is it the same as kind of Adam Sandler? Yeah, that's the question. Where where um <laughs> he's fair game. Um, yeah, I mean, like, is Adam Sandler fair game, that's though? Fair. He just makes bad, uh, bad movies, but people like them. Yeah, and they're on and, Netflix, and, and you don't have to watch them. And, he, um, and he's made great movies. Yeah. That lots of people enjoy. And, and then there's a weird kind of a kind of... Um, is this is this more like his terrible movie than... And you'll have kind of moments of um, where where it's... Feels like vintage Sandler, and in yeah, and in, in this there's bits terrible of, yeah, movie, and there's bits in this where it almost feels you can feel little bits of sort of feral coming through. I mean, this is interesting. I'm, I'm a little sympathetic to this to lay my cards on the table. Um, there's an interesting article that was written in The Verge, I think, around its release. Film got very little coverage when it was released outside of uh, everybody sort of like crowing for how awful it was. You had film critics who this wasn't screened for press. Uh, and in fact, I specifically remember, um, you can always tell when a studio is, uh, not necessarily very happy with what they have, because when you send emails inquiring about the scheduling of a press screening, or if there's one coming up, you don't even get a no for an answer. It just goes left on dead. It's just left uncommented upon. There's like a, hope they don't notice, hope they don't notice. Um, do you make inquiries about whether there's going to be a press screening? I sometimes, well, sometimes I do when I check my calendar because it's Christmas. I'm off. I take time off in December, so I'm actually able to go to proper press screenings in the morning. So I have my little calendar of do all. Do they the... not tell you if there is a press? They generally screening. do. That's yeah, they generally do, which is why I noticed Holmes and Watson didn't have one, and I was like, "Hey, can I go see? Are you guys screening Holmes and Watson? Did you, you know? Maybe you left me off the mailing list. That's okay. I'm not. I don't actually normally go to morning screenings, so I don't know about this sort of thing. And uh, yeah, no reply to that one. Okay. I would have They're thought, like, who the I, hell is this guy? Yeah, I would have thought that there would be enough screenings. Because <laughs> there <laughs> without, are enough without, movies. Without asking for more. <laughs> Please, but, sir, can I have some more? I guess that, this, uh, that's just testament to your to your passion uh, for film. <laughs> for freeloading film. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's sort of the, the thing about it. And <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a response back? Like, how, mu- how much... <laughs> Kind of, how much do you want to pay <laughs> to go see to go see this screening? Yeah, it's like, no. Oh, I was thinking it would be free, maybe. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I, you know, I write a review. Uh, I give my opinion on it. Um, but yeah, no. So I was like, because I noticed that the, it wasn't on the schedule, and so I emailed them and didn't get a reply back, which is always a not a you know, it's a sign when they're a little worried about something that you don't get any response at all, as opposed to even a polite no, we don't have any plans to show it. Um, but yeah, so this screened and you had critics going to see it on Any Christmas your Day. your emails to Sony get <laughs> hacked. <laughs> yeah, you the hack. Sony hack. Yeah. Uh, they're not as exciting as Channing Tatum's, I'm afraid. Um, but yeah, so, so uh, apparently when critics wanted to see it, they braved the sort of Christmas weather and went out on Christmas Day to watch it. And there was a mini cottage industry in like people reporting from those screenings and reporting like how many people were walking out and interviewing people who were going to see it and stuff like that. It became this kind of cult oddity almost you know in the release and there's a sense of i don't i don't know if it's schadenfreuden but there was a real sense of well look at this over here let's point fingers at it and kind of mock it and sort of make it a curiosity which is, is interesting <laughs> just around uh but yeah and there was 
this is the thing where in fact thank you andrew i appreciate that it took me a moment to get there one of the interesting articles i read which actually looked at the film uh, which actually sort of looked at the film and looked at its reception and in particular looked at the way that it turned out and it's it's from the virtual including the show notes wondered if there's a sense that like this was just a victim of something that was inevitably coming if that makes sense in that like there was always going to be a time where the Will Ferrell and sort of Adam McKay school of improvisational comedy was going to like hit a wall and stop being the in style of the in sort of mood or in sort of mode of like cinematic comedy. There was going to come a point where there was going to be enough in the same way that people are forecasting like the end of the superhero boom or something like that, or the way in which people are saying, eventually people are going to have enough of Westerns. Eventually sort of like the style of comedy was going to move on past that. And like, so for example, the, the it's been argued that, you know, five years ago, you had things like The Heat, Where the Millers, Grown Up 2, Anchorman 2, 22 Jump Street, Neighbours in 2014. Those were great. Those made a lot of money for people. And like, they proved that that sort of style Anchorman of comedy... Anchorman 2 is good? I haven't seen it. Okay, well, Anchorman 2 wasn't good, but it made a shed load of money. Right. Um, And the same thing, I, like, I mean, of those, I would argue that Grown Ups 2 was also not good. Um, Worst idea ever. Thank you very much. Uh, but Jump Street was good and Neighbours was good as well. But when you get to stuff like 2018, the biggest straight up comedy of the year is Night School. Grown Ups 2? That was on that list? Grown Ups 2 made uh, 213, sorry, in 2013 made a lot of money. That's the argument here is that like this was going to be like, there was a boom time in this it style of comedy. has its moments as well. <laughs> Does it have its moments? Kind of. Yeah. Okay. I mean, sort of. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean having... Having seen it one time, I I feel uh, I feel like I may have um, laughed at at um, at parts. Yeah. But then again, I laughed at this movie. Yeah, I think we both uh, we did. did both laugh at this. We'll talk about that in a moment. But the, the argument goes that like as you get more recent, if you look at say twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen, the comedy or the tradition that sort of style of comedy breakout, you know, the comedy that's based in a a star persona, fast horse talking, improvisational sort of like. A little bit foul mouth, a little bit sort of like, you know, sort of gross out to a certain extent, juvenile frat boy comedy. Like the biggest hit in 2018 was Night School, which made about 100 million worldwide, uh, which is a lot for $29 million, $20 million, $29 million dollar budget. Tiffany Haddish? Yes, and Kevin Hart. Right. But that's less than half the earnings that, say, The Heat or Neighbours made years earlier. And like that's the, quite a different movie, though, isn't yeah. it? Well, I mean, that the argument is though that you can you think of a, a better match from recent years that would have made that level of money. And the same thing with Girls Trip as well, which was Tiffany Haddish's other one for twenty seventeen, which was again it was a gross out comedy. These are kind of frat pack. Uh, well, the argument with the Girl Trip was the Girl Trip was the female version of that. Right. Yeah. I. I suppose. Yeah. I suppose it's getting kind of. Um... Well, the argument is that those kind of movies, you know, they're not making money and they're less common than they were. And they're going to Netflix, as you pointed out, with Adam Sandler's deal with Netflix and stuff like that. Right. So the idea is that, like, the marketplace was becoming, like, increasingly unwelcoming to them, if that makes sense. Right. I, uh, like, I wonder, what, would, would this sort of, would, would this be solved? Like, it seems like Adam McKay, at a certain point, kind of um, realized that he wanted to, to um, win an ex- Oscar. <laughs> well, no, but uh, to to expand, I guess, upon I was about to say brand, but uh, but uh, but uh, but to okay, do exactly. other things. I don't think John C. Riley would have ever had that problem because he already had that um, credibility as an actor, exactly. as a supporting actor. He like knows, he knows and, that yeah, this Chicago. isn't all he can do. Yeah, 
because he's done so many other things. And even movies that get slept on, like stuff like um, Hard Eight. Yeah. And the original, um, sort of the original Paul Thomas Anderson film, yeah, yeah, and it, it, um, so he's he's done he's done incredible movies for 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 quite a while. So Adam McKay and John C. Riley have their kind of uh, uh, solutions to this, and I think Vince Vaughn probably had kind of other 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 well, Vince Vaughn other things he could have done because be, 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 because he has that kind of um, some history of 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 success which. With serious movies or comedies that are that are less like this, yeah. Stuff so like, like Maid, for example, Maid, Swingers. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even his work on, say, the second season, True Detective, his uh, upcoming work with is it uh, S. Craig Zahler, sort of. So stuff like, for example, Dragged Across Concrete or Bra- Brawl in Cell Block Ninety Nine, to pick an example, that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, he was even in Heartbreak Ridge with Mel Gibson. He was the drill sergeant in that, to pick an example. I mean, like, and again, like, it's worth noting that many of the comedians. Did we say Heartbreak Ridge? Oh, sorry, wrong one. High <laughs> school. No, Heartbreak Ridge is uh, Clint Eastwood's Granada movie. Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge is the one we're thinking of. Heartbreak Ridge is the one with um, what's his face with uh, Clint Eastwood's Granada one, isn't it? Where he trains the Marines to go to Granada. Grenada. Grenada. There we go. Yeah. Um. Uh. But anyway, yeah. The the argument is that you've seen in recent years, and and is it Heartbreak Mountain? <laughs> <laughs> hard brack mountain <laughs> where there's like a really hard brack it's like stale and there's a literal mountain of it uh, and you need to get it off there you need to move this um, and we can, there's only one man who's tough enough for they the job they go to Granada <laughs> in Spain that, no so, so kind of and it is worth noting that again Vaughn isn't the only actor who's transitioning like that you have Steve Carell who's desperately looking and for and Stiller of course yeah uh, but even like Carell this year had and- Beautiful Boy and Welcome to Marwan, which were both movies that were designed to showcase his range as a dramatic actor. And the argument is that, like, this style of improvisational comedy might be reaching its sort of sell-by date. Well, yeah, but the, but the skills that kind of come actually, from that aren't these kind of improvisational qualities and and the and the and the and and the sort of things you learn. I get that these actors learn from uh, from improvising. Or just the talent that they have, or, or, or things that they can bring to other genres. It's interesting that Will Ferrell did uh, the kind of Stranger Than uh, fiction, fiction with Emma Thompson, for move. example. And, and, he also and did Everything like, Must Go, I think, as well, which was lesser seen, but yeah, similar sort of role. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, like Stranger Than Fiction was, I would say, a successful enough foray into um, yeah. doing, doing more serious movies. So it's strange that to to see him kind of feeling maybe trapped in these kind of roles and feel feeling like he's not really the same old Will Ferrell, yeah. Like that 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 that, that these that these kinds of th- things aren't really providing the same satisfaction for him. Maybe it's too early to say, yeah. but well, but I I do get a a sense of it from stuff like Get Hard and 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 this, um, and this yeah. I mean, it's worth noting he's been doing this for 20 years because Zoolander would have been his big break, cinematically speaking, as Mugatu. But even things like, say, Old School was 2004-ish, right? And and sort of that level in Anchorman. Yeah, and- he, well, he, he had been in... There was a, another SNL movie. Night of the Roxbury, where he was in with... Well, the- yeah, he was he was in that. He was also in, a, in another one, which was like a kind of like a high school sort of... Oh, he was a supporting role in it, wasn't he? It was. It was. Um, it was another character, obviously. To the fact machine. Okay, cool. And we're back from the fact machine. 
And it was Superstar. Yes. Um, which, which I think I saw at the cinema when it was out. So, yeah, Will, Will, Will Ferrell, yeah, I guess he has been doing it for 20 years. And I can kind of see why that might not be, you know, if... If you're looking at people like Steve Carell, who sort of transitioned into... Oh, he was into... in uh, Spy of Shagney. Yep, well, he's in both the Austin Powers movies, yeah. if I recall correctly. As Mustafa, right? Yes. Um, I've fallen and I cannot get up. Oh, I can... But yes. Um, so yeah, he has that sort of thing going from... And I can kind of see that being enough. It's worth noting, by the way, that in terms of marking this as an end of an era, the failure of Holmes and Watson ended up actually disbanding... Gary Sanchez Productions, which was the partnership that existed between McKay and Will Ferrell. So yeah, McKay was listed as a producer on this. And I mean, the the announcement is very much, well, we're still friends and we look forward to collaborating with one another in future and all that, you know, the standard Hollywood sort of stuff. But it does feel like this sort of symbolizes the end of a sort of partnership. It's worth noting that McKay had used Gary Sanchez Productions for stuff like The Big Short, but also for things like Vice. Uh, to pick an example from this year's Best Picture nominees. And so it feels like maybe this is a kind of a shuttering of that association to a certain extent. And I don't, and it, uh, commenters were saying that it isn't, they launched Funny and Die together, by the way, Gary Sanchez. Funny or Die. Funny or Die launched Funny or Die. Um, sorry, Guy, <laughs> Gary Sanchez launched Funny and Die as well. Funny or die. Funny or die. Apologies, not funny <laughs> and die. Like from the beginning. Yeah, from the outset. Um, this is the outtakes portion <laughs> of, of the podcast. But yeah, so funny or die. So Jerry Sanchez. Gary Sanchez. Thank Gary you Sanchez launched funny or die. Um, the web. Thank you very much. The the website. Um, and yeah, so like I mean, it does feel like perhaps this is a shuddering of an ear. And I wonder, watching it, like. We're going to ask three questions in a moment, but I mean, I feel like a prelude to asking those three questions is, Andrew, like, is this the worst improvisational comedy that you've ever seen? Like, is this the worst movie starring these kind of actors like Steve Carell or Will Ferrell or any of those? Like, is this the worst one of those movies you've seen by a margin? Is this worse than, say, if you want to go back to even like the Adam Sandler movies, is this worse than Grown Ups or Grown Ups 2, to pick examples? Well, yeah, it is worse than uh, than Grown Ups 2 because it depends, I guess, on how you're judging it. Because I think some of the some of the bad some of the poor reception for this couldn't be leveled as Grown Ups 2, because with Grown Ups 2, it was so obvious that Adam Sandler was putting a whole load of friends of his <laughs> in 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 his movie. Versus with this, the amount of talent. That um that that uh, that was attached to this movie. Yeah. It it uh, and the fact that uh with stuff like Step Brothers, it it has raised the kind of bar of what of what we can come to expect from a uh Will Ferrell and um John C. Reilly. and John C. Riley movie. It's r- raised the bar in kind of what we can expect from a comedy, perhaps. So I think this movie is probably not the worst of these sorts of movies that I've seen. Because let's not forget that in Hollywood when they're making a kind of a studio comedy uh, and this is maybe like kind of 10 or like 7 or 8 years ago, when they'd be putting Katrin Heigl say 
and um, Seth Rogen together to pick an example. From. No, oh, no, no. I, I, I mean more um, less less successful movies than those. Like like the where where they where they. Um, I so think you mean like Twenty Seven Dresses that sort of thing or? Yes, I've seen one particular movie where there 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 are, there are quite a few um Catherine Heigl movies, but but one of them is with Catherine Heigl and um Josh Duhamel. Yes, Josh Duhamel. I like that if we just keep naming Duhamel. Catherine exactly. Catherine Heigl like screen partners. And so it's like... those movies are part of the broader um spectrum. I wouldn't say canon, but yeah, yeah. spectrum of improvisational movies because. They have a lot of these uh, these people in them, yeah. Like kind of more um, minor um, in terms of Hollywood, but in in the in the LA kind of improvi- improvisational scene, com. yeah. You, like so, Laurie Lapkin, for example, in this one. La- Lauren 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 Lapkus, uh, but, um, but but in in that movie with. Um, with, with Catherine Heigl and Justin Hamel, who I'm probably uh, mispronouncing. Life as we know it is what you're Life as we know it, exactly. From 2010. So you see lots of people in that movie who are very good um, uh, improvisers. Very, very funny. So, um, for example, Melissa McCarthy, it, I think you were talking about her. Yeah, but, it, but, it's, but, it, but it's a terrible movie. So you, you've got uh, and Andy Dale, well, I suppose. Kumail Nanjiani uh, is in there, yep. Yeah. Andy Daly's in there, yep. You have so you've got Rob Hubel, who is uh, who I was trying to think of um, as well. People, people like that in it, and you have you have these people um, showing up in um, lots of bad movies that are much worse than this. Yeah, but you don't judge those movies so harshly because they don't have Rebecca Hall and Ray Fiennes and. Uh, Rob Bride and Steve Coogan to pick an example. Exactly. Hugh Laurie turning up and yeah. Yeah, I think this movie is perhaps a victim of people's um, heightened expectations. Oh. I, I, and I think it's reasonable to expect that at, that 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 at some point these kinds of um, collaborations might run out of some steam, or that it's not going to work every single time. Yeah. It's difficult to 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 to. To capture kind of lightning in a bottle on a consistent basis, yeah. Um, and I, I kind of, yeah, I, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if it is something more suggestive of a permanence or, or sort of like a larger shift. I mean, the the Verge article that I was reading there made the point that if you look at the comedy success stories of 2018, and these are comedy success stories, things like say Game Night, for example, things like for example, um, what was the other one, Tag to pick another example what they tended to do was they're moving away from improvisational comedy and towards combining comedy with other high concepts like actions or, or more specifically with like a structure I don't, I don't okay i don't know like for first of all the, the i i need to see this verge article okay. but the the premise starts with that there is something that um, certain movies have in common and then you list movies that don't really have anything in common other than the other than that, they're comedies and they're um, uh, perhaps uh, uh, some of them are good, some of them are not good, some of them are are highly successful, some of them are moderately successful, and you, you say like, so these are all of a class, and then and then and then these movies are entirely different, and they're the new breed, and they're nothing at all like these things that had nothing to do with each other. <laughs> 
Um, okay, the, I, I think there's a connection that you can draw between movies like, for example, Night School. But or, it, it, like you have um, in so if you look at the cast of Tank, yeah, you have John Hamm. Yeah, you have Jam- Jeremy Renner. Yeah. You have uh, well, Jeremy Renner is the 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 the, the red 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 herring red red Renner uh, the, the Renner Renner as it were exactly um, but 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 you you have you have John Hamm you have you have Hannibal Barres who's Hannibal probably of a like of a category with yeah, these improvisational not, comedians. not an improviser but plays with improvisers quite yeah. well and 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 has done a lot of kind of like he, he he's he's I, I'll accept that Buress is of a class with these. In fact, like I put well, him in, say things no, like but, blockers. But, yeah, like, like like he he and he's he's also been in Broad City and that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. So that, like where you have a lot of these uh, these improvisers. So he's not out of place. Nor is John Hamm. John John Hamm has um, a lot of the, the 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 same training and that sort of um, uh, comedic. I, I know well, that he does, pe- people a, people think of him as um, Don, as Draper. Don Draper. I and he's done he, lots of great work. He does. He pops up in the Toast of London, for example. He has the but, good, yeah. He, he's what's it? The Good Doctor's Diaries or something. Like he's that, done. That? He's done a lot of kind of work he with was the Upright Citizens Brigade yeah. and that sort of thing as well. Yeah. Like which 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 is why it's not it's not so kind of uh, it's not such a departure to see a a movie with all of these. Um, improvisers and improviser adjacent um, uh-huh. uh, uh, people and you're, you're seeing people like Jason Manzukas kind of come through more and more in 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 movies I believe he was in the uh, uh, John Wick chapter three he was he has a small role in that he was also I mean, and, and, and again yeah the, the 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 house didn't do very well no that, that's but, I thought, but I thought that was a a a, a, a I thought that was incredible. No, oh, I like the house a lot, but I think it, again, it, it's part of the pattern of it, the sort of like. I don't know if it's a pattern. Okay, 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 okay. All right. No, no, no. Defend it. Oh, like, like, as, as as in kind of. Um, I think. It, why is it a pattern? Okay. Why were you so convinced that it was a pattern? Because after I, reading this article. Because I see a connection between that generation of comics that came up. People like say Steve Carell. People like say Seth Rogen to pick an example. People like say Will Ferrell, and they they sort of came up and they were of the Judd Judd. Apatow, um, or sort of the Adam McKay, or the Jay Roach sort of school of comedy, where the idea was that you film as much material as you need with as much improvisation as you need. And I see them as a class, you know, quite distinct from, you know, people like, say, and again, Jeremy Bateman has done stuff like Arrested Development. That's what he's best known Jason for. Jason Bateman? Jason Bateman, yeah. Or Jeremy Renner. <laughs> but no, 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 Jason Bateman in, say, Game Night, to pick an right. example, right? But he's he's done that, but he's also balanced that with doing stuff like being lead actor in Ozark. Right. To pick an example, which is a Breaking Bad knockoff on Netflix with Laura Linney. How different is that from from what came before? Well, all of these people that we're kind of drawing a comparison with did the very same thing. I don't see Will Ferrell doing a ten-hour drama series on there and starring in like the well, gift. He's been or... in dramatic. No, he has been in dramatic so movies. He's, I... Yeah. So, uh, well, but there, are, there is okay. Anyway. So the, the 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 major distinction between the old um, uh, school and 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 the new school is 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 that uh, one of them was in a, a a serious movie and the other one was in a ten-part. 
and, uh, and a bunch of serious movies as well. But no, they, they, like again, I think it's more that you look at, say, this class of people who came up together. You look at it as a movement, the same way that you would look at the they, Rat Pack they were or the Frat Pack. really a, a, a movement. Similarly to, to kind of how the Frat Pack wasn't really was kind of... A um, cohesive as, singular yeah. group or entity. No, I know, but they were of an ilk and of a generation and of a particular style and a particular sensibility. Right. And I think that you... I think it's not unreasonable to draw that connection in the early 2000s around stuff that goes as broad as like Knocked Up to Anchorman to all that sort of stuff to, you know. Yeah, I, I, I don't see there being any kind of clean uh, break away from that. Though. Okay. Uh, but again, I would argue that this feels more like those early movies. I can see this as a movie that was conceived in 2008 as opposed to in 2017, 2016 when it was shot. I can see this as something of a holdover in that sense. I can imagine this might have worked a lot better in 2010, say, right. after the Guy Ritchie movies, immediately after the Guy Ritchie movies, while the Stephen Moffat, like, Sherlock show was on television, you know, and Elementary was on at the same time. Elementary is still airing, to pick an example. But while these things were all still current in the popular consciousness, to pick superficial examples, but also while this style of comedy was still making more of that sort of money. And again, I would consider, say, the Adam Sandler movies to be part of that breed, to pick an example. The Anchorman movies to be part of that breed, to pick another example. You know, that sort of thing. The movies that were popular around, say, 2013, 2014. And, I mean, I think that I, I have a hard time picking out movies that are very similar to that. I think there is a difference between them and Game Night. I think there is a difference between them I and think, Tag. Yeah, but I, I, similarly, I, th- I think there's a big difference between between the kind of movies you're describing and um, and Adam Sandler movies, which you're putting in the same uh, uh, bracket. Like, they both they both came out of um, Saturday Night Live. Yes. But they, these... And around they, the same time as well. Yeah, Adam McKay and Will Ferrell were still on Saturday Night Live when um, Adam Sandler was making all of his most popular movies. With the 90s, yeah. 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 Um, so the, yeah, yeah, yeah like, like, it's it's not, it's 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 just an evolution. Okay. I, I, I don't think, um, I think, I think we'll maybe still see um, Will Ferrell, for example, appearing in these movies, but perhaps maybe playing a smaller part. Not leading them? Yeah, I mean, you... I suppose you've seen this coming for 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 a while. What was these uh, uh, Spanish language? Oh, uh, Casa de mi Padre. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But again, he was he was leading that, even though, like, again, he couldn't speak any Spanish before he started making it. I am amazed that that exists. I am like I'm like I'm not sure it's good. I don't think it works entirely. But I admire Farrell for doing it. Uh, for listeners who aren't familiar, this is a a spoof of Spanish language telenovelas. Um. In Entirely in Spanish um, and produced like in a way that is consciously low budget and self-aware and sort of emulating the tropes and conventions of it with Will Ferrell playing the lead character entirely in Spanish. Um, that sort of thing. Right. So is that sort of what you're imagining we'll see more of, is it? Well, no, I, 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 I mean, what, I, what, I, what I'm saying is, is that um, Will Ferrell might, may have been a bit played out which is difficult to think about because because of how um good he's been in so many i i I don't want well i shouldn't feel so entitled but i I want for the sake of his legacy for not to go um full uh, sandler Sandler. (laughs) right yeah or you want to be able to point to you know have to like make an excuse and say happy gilmore or the wedding singer or you know that's right yeah you don't have to go just ignore everything that he did after 1999 
Right. Um, that sort of thing. And I, I suppose that's the point. But I think, actually, this is probably a nice point to segue into talking, to asking the three questions before we jump to the spoiler zone. So, oh, Andrew, God. What are we doing? Yeah, I know. Well, I was happy to move on. Uh, but, Andrew, is Holmes and Watson... Can we re- redo that whole thing? And I'll just agree <laughs> with the assertion that you made that, like, so all these movies are the same. But all these movies are different. <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> Uh, well, this is like, was it the secret of the Song of the Sea, where we spent something like 40 minutes arguing if it was said until Kenny. Right. Um, which is great. But uh, this is great radio right here. But yeah, so is Holmes and Watson one of the worst 100 movies ever made? No, I, 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 be, be, because uh, there, there, there are so many movies that are trying to um, be a more conventional, but but kind of improv comedy inspired are, are trying to kind of use some of these people for them. Like, 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 like I mentioned, um, life as we know it. Yeah. Uh, mo- movies like that, that are, that are, um, using the same sort of performers. Yeah. Yeah. But just not using them very well. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought in this, there, there was a lot to like, but that it's not a very good, I, th- I think it's not a very good execution of something that we've seen done very well with some of the with with, with in in Will Ferrell and um, John C. Reilly and John C. Reilly movies. Yeah. Like I, I'm not, I'm not a mad fan of Talladega Nights, by the way. Really? I think I, I think Step Brothers is an absolute masterpiece. Oh, I, I, I think it's terrific. I love both of them. Um, I think that Step Brothers is maybe a little overrated slightly, and I think that Talladega Nights is seriously underrated, but. Uh, that's a separate podcast. But that's Darren. Yeah, it's Darren. Just that, being the that, contrarian yeah, factor that, that I am. It's kind of like, um, let's see. Um, <laughs> take uh, take, ba- take Batman and Robin. Take Batman and Robin and uh, Batman Forever. <laughs> which of these is liked least? Or Batman and Robin. Which of these should I like more? <laughs> Batman or Robin? Um, uh, what I'm going to do is, is, is switch things. So you think this thing is bad. But actually, is better than this thing that you think is better than this bad thing. Um, Welcome to the one... inside of Darren's brain with yeah. Andrew Quinn. Dark Knight, sure, it's a great movie. Dark Knight Rises. Hey, hey, hey! Let's not be crazy here. I love <laughs> the Dark Knight Rises. It's oh, not yeah. better than the Dark Knight. Right. Um, right. Let's be clear. Let's, 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 let's get all our ducks in a row here. Okay. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. But 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 I uh, yeah no that 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 um. This isn't, um, I take it, a movie that you're going to reappraise. Uh, no, no, I'm not going to argue that it's... No, the secret... The, this the is best better of, than Step Brothers. Yeah, the best of the three movies that these two actors have made together by a considerable margin. No, no, it is not. It is by far the worst of them, by a significant distance, the worst of them. Um, and so, Andrew, would this be on your own list of the worst 100 movies that you've ever seen? <sighs> no, I mean... I, I I was happy enough that we got to see this movie because actually, the, but not because it's not because it's terrible. This movie was okay. Yeah. And then, the, like I, 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 you want movies that you can really take the 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 sadistic the, pleasure in. Yeah, because like. we we had we had a while there where it was just really boring, like obscure movies on the on the bottom one hundred. And now there's lots of ones that you can uh, kind of have a lot of fun with, like the 
Was Mario Brothers in there? Yeah, Mario Brothers yeah. is in there to pick an example. Street Fighter's in there. Exactly. Mortal Kombat's in there to pick an example. Troll 2 is in there to pick an example. Yeah. Hercules the in room? New York, sorry. The Room is in there to pick Birdemic, an example. Birdemic, that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Birdemic. Um, but this, this isn't, this doesn't really belong with, with, um, with those. No. Nor does it belong really with um, things like Disaster Movie and that sort of thing. Yeah. Because I've seen some of those when they when like because they do show them on television and they're really bad. Yeah, like the, don't don't want to <laughs> like I will watch some bad movies when 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 they're on TV, but I couldn't watch them. But they sort of this they sort of push you out. Yeah, like, I feel I feel like if this was on, I might actually watch the whole thing. Or yeah, I I would stick with it or leave it yeah. on in the background. Because I feel like there is enough in this there there are parts of it that are tedious but um i like it's almost cheating like do i keep it in my bottom 100 so it, 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 as in is this nightmare scenario where i have to go to a desert island with 250 movies um that are that i think are the greatest and 100 <laughs> movies that i tactically vote down in order so that i can bring them on the island and with have me fun, fun, is that yeah, how it works some fun. I is think this an island is there an island does this island have a dvd player yeah are there even dvds what are um, the sockets like, yeah are they european are do i they have american? a wi-fi connection why can't i ask for help yeah. <laughs> if that's the case yeah do I have food? Is my first question. Um, why are there all these DVDs? I can't, I eat, can't, movie. Eat, I can't eat film, um, despite what Quentin Tarantino would say. Um, all yeah, right, I'm going to use the celluloid to make a fire so that the planes can <laughs> see me. Um, that's great. And again, Quentin Tarantino would be very, very angry with you. Um, but yeah, okay. So then, and the final question is: Would you recommend? Well, you haven't answered either of these <laughs> questions, Darren. Uh, I would agree with both counts. It, I don't think it's one of the worst 100 movies ever made, and it certainly wouldn't be on my bottom 100. I think, I actually, being honest, I was dreading this. I was kind of dreading this. I thought it was going to be dull and tedious and boring, and so parts you've of it never are. have seen this? No. Right. Because, <laughs> um, can't you use some of the money that you've saved from being <laughs> brought to movies for free? <laughs> Um, I suppose that money that you save, you spend watching movies five times, right? <laughs> so, it's, also, it's also a time thing as well, to be fair. Right. Um, but you can't claim it's a time <laughs> thing. If it, like, how many times did you see Endgame? Or Baby Driver. I saw Endgame four times. And to be fair, one of those was, you know, down, down so Twice of those were my fault. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, your fault. One of them was your fault. One of them was the voters on IMDb's fault. Right. Uh, one of them was I had to review it, and the other one was because I wanted to get a second read on it and just sort of see what it played like with a crowd. You wanted to get a second read in case you didn't get a third and fourth <laughs> read afterwards. Yeah, well, I didn't know. Um, <laughs> okay. How could I know these things, Andrew? You know everything. <laughs> You see these things, Darren. Uh, well, I, I was, I did tell you that Holmes and Watson would make the bottom 100. Um, yeah, I remember you tweeting about kind of somehow uh, Holmes and Watson isn't on the bottom 100. Our listeners listened. We feel seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and now here we are. You downvoted it. Having <laughs> not seen it. <laughs> you suggested that some movie that was on the bottom 100 ought, uh, um, ought to be thrown uh, out to deserve to be on the bottom 100 because Holmes and Watson wasn't on the bottom 100. And voila. Here we are. Yeah. Influencers. Hashtag influencers. Um, but yeah. Um, and then finally, would you recommend that people watch this movie, Andrew? 
Yeah, like a little bit. It's 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 um it's 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 fun. You like I worry a little bit that my reaction to it might be so part of my uh, occasional joy watching a movie is a nerdy reaction to these LA based kind of improvisational comedians and Lauren Lapkus is in this. Yeah. Um she's in a few other things as well. She's in Orange is the New Black, she's in Jurassic World. Neither of those I've seen. But uh, she's also very good in Keen Peel. She's done a couple of appearances on that I believe as well. Right. Notably in the child the, the demon child sketch. The oh, yes. Witch. Yes, 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 which is great. So I really enjoyed her in this and I'm I'm worried that Part of me worries that that my kind of um, affection for these people will will um, tilt myself towards kind of um, um, enjoying these more more than somebody else would, and therefore recommending them when the person I'm recommending it to won't get the same satisfaction yeah. out of these. But then again, Will Ferrell is in this movie, and Will Ferrell is almost universally kind of um, uh, loved for some of his um, performances. And, but does this is this in that category? Like, I mean, no, I, yeah, no. Okay, it, yeah. It, uh, I was re- really kind of, um, uh, and it sounds so kind of um, entitled and ridiculous, kind of talking about like, oh, I'm worried about kind of Will Ferrell doing doing bad movies. Does and his it legacy yeah. doesn't matter. Like, it, 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 I, I, I don't think. I don't. I don't think it. I don't think it matters terribly that Adam Sandler is not doing good movies anymore. Yeah. And it, 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 they, but it, it, it's it's weird because it sounds kind of um, uh, patronizing to talk about these people this way because because. Um, well, this is like. Have you seen the Robert De Niro bagel commercial? No. Okay. Don't Google the Robert De Niro bagel commercial. Two minute uh, bagel commercial for the bakery um, in London. In, sorry, in the UK. They did the one with Sly Stallone a couple of years ago. I think it's like War Bagels or Warburton's. He does he does those ad those anti Trump ads now. <laughs> I think <laughs> Rob, he means speeches, right? Robert, Robert, Robert De Niro. No, he gets paid for those. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's Warburton's is the one, and so it's it's Good Bagels starring Robert De Niro. Do you want to take a moment out and just watch this to what destroy a little bit of your childhood, and you wonder what a legacy being destroyed might look like? Um, I guess we have to now. Warburton, Robert De Niro's waiting. No, I'm not. Jonathan, what do you call this? Bolton Bakes Best Bagel? My butt. Well, as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to bake bagels. I'm not done. Me and my New York associates, we've been thinking, who's this skinny kid muscling in on the bagel business? Skinny, that's all. I'm still not done. You got a nice family business here, Johnny boy. Very nice. And it's given me an idea. Picture this. I take my family business to Bolton. It's me, my crew, and some local mook team. All right, lads, here for the bakery tour. Shut up and drive. And what do you know? The perfect product falls straight in our lap. Take a break. Go fill them with something nice. Then the boys go to work. There's Benny Slice, Tony Two Bagels, Slice of Pickle, Slice of Pickle, and Jimmy Butterfingers. And after a little bit of this and a little bit of that, say hello to Good Bagels. 
But you want to make it in the bagel business, you got to break some breads. Now, once we've taken care of the competition... Ashes to ashes. Cross the crust. All we got to do... Sit back and watch the dough roll in. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. You're looking at the new boss of Bolton. Sounds like a great movie. What movie? How does it end? Not well. New Warburton's Bagels. Don't forget about it. So that kind of... Um... That didn't that that didn't do as much damage as the the family on on, on your opinion of on, on on Netflix yeah because because that was that was an ad so it kind of started uh, it, 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 it had its moments at some point it got boring and then it got ridiculous how 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 long it was <laughs> yeah, going on for and how many kind of uh, uh, how 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 much of these. Um, uh, De Niro movie references they were putting in, and it got kind of um, uh, uh, amusing <laughs> again because it, it started kind of um, uh, uh, subtle and then became. Uh, we're doing a Scorsese pastiche yeah, right here. Just drawn out and then became funny how how drawn out and um, kind of how much it was straining. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end, it was like kind of oh well, it's it's very difficult to end a sketch. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, no. sir, I think you should leave. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think that there is uh, yeah. So it's kind of it's interesting in terms of that. Like, do performers owe you like to have a good career? Do they owe? No, you not really at all. As as a consumer, you want you want things just to be good all the time, or for things to be your idea of good. Yeah. So you're watching something, and you're kind of like buttered (laughs) like a bagel yeah exactly yeah oh yeah (laughs) so you're buttered and then you become butthurt when they stop butthurting Andrew I think you've cracked this yeah alright then I guess we'll segue neatly into the spoiler zone spoiler zone so Andrew what is Holmes and Watson about for you Holmes and Watson for me is about uh, vanity and um, uh, masturbation, and it, it's about how in when you are vain, it it stifles uh, love, and when you're um on onanizing, um, similarly, it 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 stifles your your if you're too kind of held by by. The, the the wages of of onanism, then you'll never fully be able to 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 appreciate the this uh, sexual love of another, um, and that, that that's the lesson of this movie. I that's think. quite good, actually. I'm really impressed with that. That's <laughs> yeah, much better than anything I could have come up with. Oh wow, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I know it is, and I mean it is very much. It's it's a standard, you know, to a certain extent, you could argue as a standard Will Ferrell um, and John C. Riley because there are three of them, and so you can make them of a class with one another. And Darren's hoping that Andrew's not like, "What do you mean? What are you drawing a connection between these <laughs> things that are not unconnected, that are unconnected to one another?" But you can, to a certain extent, draw see Holmes and Watson as an extension of things like Talladega Nights and things like, for example, Step Brothers. This idea of men who have a very arrested development. There's a moment where Holmes is running through London carrying a bundle of flowers for Watson. And, uh, declaring 
I've discovered my emotions and I'm only 43, uh, which very much sort of encapsulates a large extent. Yeah. Is he 46? Oh, 46. Apologies. Yes, it is 46. Uh, but yeah, this sort of like sense of men who are ridiculously immature. And again, you can argue it's a broader sort of swath of uh, popular culture. Things like, for example, grown up being an obvious example. But I mean, even things like um, the the Apatowian comedies, the the sort of like the, the, the idea of knocked up, these men who are kind of stuck in a 40 year old virgin even, who are sort of stuck oh, yeah. in the idealic sort of childlike states. The- and. The, Feral. These guys are kind of lazy, but they're they're actually you know they're actually a, a, a good guys, you yeah. know. They, what, they, they they um I think College Humor did a a a, a video uh, um about kind of in an Apatow world like we would be together because normal laws of attraction don't apply. Sure, 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 sure. I'm a a, a slacker. And um and don't really have anything going on in my life, and you're catching Heigl, but <laughs> but um but I'm a, I'm actually an okay guy, and if you just realize that, yeah, and therefore we are destined to be together. right. And I think one of the things that's interesting about Farrell's output in particular, and particularly his output with Riley, I think Step Brothers does this brilliantly. Um, is that it kind of picks apart this idea to a certain extent because these are men who are stuck in that arrested development that you sort of associate with the Apatowian comedy. Where right. it's supposed to be something that becomes sweet and tender. And as you said, if you dig underneath that childlike exterior and the fact that I haven't matured at all, I'm actually a pretty decent guy who's capable of like being mature and loving you. The thing with the Farrell and Riley movies is that they tend to be like, well, it turns out if you dig underneath my immature exterior, I'm horribly, horribly emotionally crippled and borderline sociopathic because I have no understanding or comprehension of the emotional maturity that's capable for me to have, you know, that I, sorry, that is necessary for me to have in order to be capable to function in an ordinary society. Yeah. Um, and there's a sense of that even even here, for example, where you have Holmes and Watson in their horrifically toxic relationship where Holmes... And again, this is the thing that's... And again, this is... It's 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 quite literally toxic to the point where he poisons... It's quite it. funny, though. Yeah. At times. At times it's not. Yeah. Like, like the, the, the... Will Ferrell's kind of uh, disregard for... So Holmes's disregard for Watson is funny mostly because of Watson's kind of um, lack uh, of self-esteem and unwillingness yeah, to stand up and for it, himself. Yeah, and it's sort of like response to it. Like Will Ferrell doesn't play the. I don't know. Like, um, well, I'm thinking, for example, of the great the great bit where he's explaining how he figured out your birthday party. It's like, oh, you were you were tasting uh, forty six Dom Perignon, and I know that you would never buy that for yourself. He's like. Because I don't deserve nice things. That's um, right. Which is actually a really good line. Um, and it kind of it plays through throughout where Watson has this sort of like crisis of self-esteem. Um, and you sort of, Holmes is oblivious and, well, Holmes is at best oblivious and at downright, outright manipulative and exploitative of that complete lack of uh, self-esteem and respect. Uh, and so you have this relationship that, like, it's later on as well, where 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 Rebecca Hall's character, um, Doctor Grace Hart of Boston, she she she's saying, "Oh, you should be a co-detective." Yeah. And we're like, "Oh yes, laughing <laughs> and enjoying esprit de corps." No, 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 not uh, not not I. And again, it's that sort of thing, like, <laughs> "No, no, I don't deserve nice things." <laughs> yeah. Um, and I kind of like I I like that aspect of Step Brothers, and I like 
that aspect of even Talladega Nights has a similar sort of thing with Ricky Bobby, where Ricky Bobby's treatment of John C. Riley's character is again this sort of thing that is like ridiculously abusive and neglectful, and and John C. Riley's character just sort of takes it because he's got like no idea of self esteem until these things are offered to him afterwards. Um, and I kind of like I like that aspect of it. I think it's kind of an interesting way of playing with that sort of Apatowian sort of stereotypical like, well, look at these young men that we have today who have no sense of maturity or. And again, that it's interesting. They're that, not young men. Yeah, that's it exactly. They're they're in their middle age at this point. Yeah. Like I mean, and this is the thing I like that that's rooted in the idea of emotional development as well, which is quite nice because you do have this thing where. I think, again, maybe, again, I don't want to generalize, I don't want to put too much on the shoulders of Holmes and Watson of all fecking movies, but this idea that, you know, many men today, I don't know if it's just today or if it's always been the case, but where, like, emotional development is harder than um, any other, like, sort of, like, development. Obviously, physical development happens naturally, but intellectual development is, like, stimulated and comes from reading books and doing coursework and doing classwork and studying and stuff like yeah. that. Emotional development is harder to a certain extent and is easier to neglect, or maybe and, I'm generalizing. And I, th- I think, like, men of a certain age try and kind of sublimate the sort of um, actual adult stuff, like, kind of responsibility and relationships by kind of having like podcasts and yeah and talking at length about movies that nobody really cares about that's exactly yeah. investing in like will ferrell and we Apple. had to do this movie <laughs> it jumped on to the bottom 100 that was it was like it was there was no way we couldn't not do this thing it's and like so, some some people need, need 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 to drive their kids to swimming <laughs> at the weekend yeah. because Others otherwise they've got nothing have to do to record a podcast about a bottom 100 movie yeah i mean who are the real adults that's what i ask exactly but yeah i mean yeah so i think there's an element of that there i don't think it works as well here as it doesn't say step brothers and i don't think it works as well as it did in um talladega nights even and it's interesting because i think there are moments in this that work relatively well but there's also this even small moments yeah i think yeah um but even things but the thing is that a lot of the stuff ends up it does that thing that is very common in, in bad comedies or in comedies that don't quite work. Where I, I rewatched Airplane um, a few weeks ago. And the thing about Airplane that works really well is the density of the jokes. It makes so many jokes so quickly that even if, if you'll pardon the pun, you know, four out of five don't land. You're still getting a joke a minute almost to a certain extent. Yeah, and, but I think some of the jokes here, they're there, but they're not done well. Or with the, It's almost like it's not kind of edited right. Yeah. Like like the um him kissing a donkey's ass were made kind of um it's like it's not timed well or something. Yeah. The rhythm like of the maybe scene that is would be maybe that would be uh, maybe that would work. Like some 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 of some of the stuff with John C. Riley works well kind of up to a point. Like when 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 he's poisoned him and he's having the kind of um, different reactions to it. There's part of it where where John C. Riley is making is really making the most of it, and when it's genuinely funny, and then and then it works until it doesn't, mm-hmm. and and it's kind of it feels like they're maybe not shooting the joke well, or that they've. Um, the tempo of the edits wrong even like, yeah yeah like, timing, like the the whole thing with queen victoria where um is it where they knock her unconscious or exactly yeah. the, the the it it feels kind of um like like they 
Even the jokes that they do have aren't really... Yeah, well, the, the irony with Some those, of them, anyway, yeah, aren't, the ir- aren't, aren't really done particularly well. Yeah. But that that they could have um, been good. Like, like I imagine when when people were... were Reading the script or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that they were imagining, uh, this is going to be hilarious. People are going to be uh, absolutely kind of in stitches with this. Like, the, the, the simple things like him... There were parts of him vomiting um in the in the um in the buckets like there were parts of that scene that were funny but there were parts that weren't like the 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 most of it wasn't funny him and the vomit yeah it just wasn't done well though yeah that was the that was the thing there could be a scene where somebody keeps uh, vomiting and it seems like such a kind of well, I mean Team America World Police is the most obvious example of that which is a vomit joke that works exactly. hilariously funny I mean yeah. that, that but that... It, like like the, there are kind of like touches of it when it when when it works like I enjoyed the joke at the end when he's he's trying to kind of say um, he's trying to talk to this girl less, uh, that he likes played by Lauren uh, Lauren Lapkus uh, Millicent yeah um Melissa and I enjoyed it. Millie, Millie, I enjoyed a great deal. But just, I enjoyed her kind of background play. Sorry, sorry. But just go to go back to like that that thing you're talking about the humor and stuff like that. The thing about and I think you're right about the ending and the tempo. There's two issues with the jokes in this movie. The first one is, or at least for me, there were like the first thing is that a lot of these jokes have been done elsewhere before. A lot of them are very familiar, and, very static, and, and it worked well. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's, even from the other guys, the whole kind of um, bar scene. Yeah. That they replay in, like, I don't know, Camden or uh, the Dorset Street or somewhere. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I mean, and even things like the sequence you talked about with John C. Riley, where, like, he poisons him and he runs through the list of symptoms and the actor then mines it's... the list of symptoms, which is an airplane joke. It's a joke from Airplane with the poison food where um, it, the, Leslie it, Nielsen is describing the it's, symptoms. It's and... like they're seen uh, together. It, 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 it's... In Step Brothers, when they're doing all of the the different things when they're sleepwalking, yeah, like they have they yeah. have all of the kind of um, it's giving them the kind of like uh, license to do all of the, this kind of uh, yeah. all of these wild things, yeah. yeah, and and again like. Even things like the the sequence with Prince with Queen Victoria where she's unconscious, that's a comedy staple as well. Where you have a dead body and you're lugging it round and doing inappropriate things to it. Weekend at Bernie's to pick an example. Yeah, and that that that's actually one scene in Grown Ups too, where there there's um one of their friends who who like he's been thrown around like a dead body, yeah. and it's kind of funny. Yeah. So the, like like we know we know these things can. Um, can work can work yeah and that, that's the thing is that like the thing about using those sort of jokes is that well first of all you've we, like i've seen a lot we've seen a lot of those jokes before because we watch other comedies but we've seen them done better and so by comparison they don't work as well and the other thing that that didn't work for me about the humor the other thing that i kind of again humor being subjective and it's hard to tell is that it felt like there was a lot of repetition within the film of jokes and that can work well like there's it's really Sometimes good it can get tiresome though it does well that's the thing like it works well if you have a good runner and you can sort of pay that off and you can sort of get like, uh, well, you know, hey, this builds to a punchline that the final punchline's great. But with, say, Holmes and Watson, there's a lot of stuff that isn't funny the first time and they keep coming back to it and it's no yeah. funnier the second time. Like, like stuff like that, that isn't Moriarty kind of yeah. stuff. Where it's like, it is Moriarty, come on. And 
then it isn't like any, anyway yeah. the 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 um or the, even like the recreational drugs where there's like well isn't it funny how people in the past used to use drugs recreationally so you know where's my opium i'm just having some cocaine would you like some heroin i could use some cocaine and it's like that's a joke that you know was maybe half amusing if you did it right once but it ends up being something they keep coming back to for example but if it, if it was done a few times uh well or even escalating. Yeah. The, 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 um, cause like if they, yeah, yeah. Actually, you make a good point about, um, about escalating. They, they don't, because the, 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 the are, are, are to do something interesting with the kind of progression yeah. of it. Like, 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 I don't know what to, it, what, how like, you could build to it or well, whatever. But. Again, I feel, I feel bad dunking on a movie for 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 not being funny yeah because again we're so very capable yeah. of not being funny <laughs> we are, yeah for long and extended periods of time even things like say the the weird references to modern america and trump and stuff like that the the well, make that's br- not funny no i know okay. yeah but it keeps coming back to it like you have so the make make britain great again uh hat that he's wearing right you have the idea that you know a trumped up charlatan could never possibly win election in the united states america we gave you your freedom and look what you've done with it that sort of stuff which just isn't funny to begin with because it's it's that style of uh and again it's it's that Saturday Night Live style of modern humor where it's like hey this is just the world is insane let us make reference to how insane it is and play to a certain segment of the audience and assume that that will be enough to carry us through and the whole the whole um Holmes um trying to settle on a uh, a hat to wear yeah as well wasn't funny and funny and didn't really pay off in 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 in, in a laughs, funny way yeah, yeah. I mean, because again, it's it's the deer stalker. It's always going to be the deer stalker. And I mean, you can. But there, you can... Were, but there were funny things in it. I one thing I really enjoyed was the scene where, well, this is an example of kind of the movie doing things badly and 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 also doing things um, um, well, but 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 them both being really stupid. Yeah. Which is fine. Like yeah. like like the, the I'll I'll. I'll a lot of these movies that we love are incredibly stupid. Yeah. Like Airplane is incredibly yes. stupid. Yeah. But but um him the the you 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 have the kind of tedious thing of Sherlock Holmes taking forever to get to the um trial. Trial. And that's at the start of the um, the, film. The, the the film. It does establish his kind of um vanity. Yeah. And how his vanity will be will will, will be his fall. But um um, you have the judge saying, like, and I will raise this gavel. And bring it and down. And I will bring it down to make a... Satisfying a, a, bang noise. Yeah. The part I enjoyed about that um, was John C. Riley. Yes, but I quite enjoyed bursting, bursting into, the court, into the courtroom. Firing a gun wildly. Firing a gun at the... At the... Clock. At the clock. Then then, then shooting... Because um, they're... they're it's funny as well. The, 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 the shoot, shoot, shooting the clock, which is brilliant, yeah. and then just kind of uh, randomly firing in, shooting think, the gavel. Yeah, I think somebody died. Yeah. But they, they, they had actually done that in the in 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 the scene just previous as well, where he's shooting the bees. Yeah. But then they had also done kind of like unfunny. Um, there's a weird being, like American, um, and there's also jokes American. as well. And there's also unfunny gun jokes as well, where it's like, hey. Rebecca Hall playing an American, Grace Hart. 
They've got guns. Isn't that hilarious how Americans have guns? Despite the fact that you literally, like, Watson is, you know, not quite introduced, but almost introduced firing randomly into the air in an un, you know, unprovoked yeah, manner. twice. It's more yeah. a part of his character. Yeah. One, one thing I did enjoy, though, was, uh, and I've said I enjoy Millie, but um, I, the, the, her kind of background um, uh, scene work, her with the really colourful lollipop. lollipop. Yeah, during, that's when Watson's taken away, isn't it? It was incredible, yeah. yeah. And, and, and uh, but then... When she had the gun, it was kind of like Chekhov's gun, but it was like Lapkus's gun, and like this is going to pay off to a great joke, and she does it really well because yeah. he blows her a kiss, and then she like draws her gun <laughs> as if to shoot it out of the yeah, air. Yeah, exactly. Which which which, uh, which was a great joke, and she played it very well. She does a lot of great mime in this. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's a role that requires mine, given she has yeah. very little dialogue. Like, the first time the character speaks is during the Alan Menken musical number. Right. Which is a bit of a strange choice, but I kind of admire it because at least it's odd in an entertaining way. Yeah, but, like, it feels like the um, the thing to do would be... But that's not Lauren Lapkus. Singing. No, she's not singing. Yeah. No, I know that. So did, that, 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 <laughs> thank you, Andrew. To, to maybe... I don't know what it would have been. It is kind of funny that it's not her voice. Well, I mean, it's, a, it's an old it, cliche of having like, again, it's like mini me in Austin Powers is by a shag me where he sings with this really, you and I. Yeah. He sings yeah. this really deep voice. Um, and sort of, so it, again, it's a recycled joke. It's a joke you've seen elsewhere, but at least this one kind of works to a certain yeah. extent, you know, as opposed to something like when the newsboys are selling papers outside Moriarty's trial and somebody goes, that's fake news. And you're like, please stop. Oh, like, I missed that. that okay, was, sorry to remind you of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. The, um... And and there's the really awful recurring joke of... And it kind of, kind of works at one point. There's one point where it works. I, I think we might agree on what it is. But where they're doing the whole, ha, huh, isn't this hilarious what they'll have in the future? I'm going to take a self-portrait, if you right. will. Or even the bit where it's I, like, I, you I... have to pay to view the boxing. It's a pay-to-view event, if you will. That and all that yeah, stuff, which is it was quite hot. unfunny. The, yeah. the, the bit that we enjoyed, because it, it, yeah. it was probably so close to the bone. Because <laughs> <laughs> we both, uh, who hasn't been we there? Get, like, Dar- Darren sometimes has too much sugar, and it's like late at night. And it ferments. It, yeah. A, yeah, it ferments into alcohol, and he sends a, a drunken telegram. Yeah, and who doesn't? I shall call it an intoxogram. Uh, which I quite like as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like, I mean, that's, and again, it's, it, I don't think it's hilarious or brilliant or the funniest thing I've seen, but it, it I, that the was quite amusing. was fun. I quite enjoyed that, yeah. The, 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 the pay-per-view thing wasn't really funny or wasn't really kind of, wasn't it, played out in, 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 in a great way. Yeah. Because it, 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 it feels, it feel, again, like, this you, is the edit thing where it feels who's, like. who's, who's kind of, Who's in charge here and do they have the best kind of comic sensibilities? Or was this killed in uh, by 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 kind of... Um, by the edit. This is the thing yeah, where... Yeah, because presumably there's... As, as, as you say, with these style of movies, there's an awful lot recorded yeah. and not everything kind of works. Yeah. The funny thing is that a lot of... There was a lot of fantastic scenes taken out of Step Brothers. Yeah. Um, oh, I haven't seen like the very scenes. Funny. Okay. Um, but I mean, it is worth noting. Like, I mean, there's a lot of. I noticed this while I was watching it. There's a lot of voiceover. 
There's a lot of like uh, scenes of exposition that are oh, delivered yeah. via voiceover, which has the look of again the movie that was fixed in post. You often put in um, a lot of jokes yeah. in 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 ADR when somebody is kind of like walking away, and yeah. it's like, oh, is it? yeah. But not even that. Like this is like plot stuff. So for no, example, never forgets. Yeah, but like for example, which would be funny in a scene with an where elf. that was the punchline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but things like, for example, Farrell and explaining the plot, Sherlock explaining the plot, and if my theory is correct, we shall find the identity of the killer while the camera stares at a horse and cart riding down the street, which is really strange because it's a completely sur- superfluous piece of exposition. But it's that has the scene that has the feelings of something where somebody in the studio was like, "Look, you need to punch this up, take out all this information, and just sort of like layer something over it and try to get through it as quickly as possible." Um, Because, I mean, and it feels like the pay-per-view joke is a bit like that. Because you have, that happens almost in the background. Yeah, it's kind of like, like, there are parts of that that work well. Like, if it had been funnier, it would have, it would have been funnier that uh, Michael and Bruce Buffer were both kind of in that scene. Yes. Let's get ready to rumble. Exactly, yeah. And then he's like... um, what is what does Bruce Buffer say? It's time. Sorry, that was terrible. Yeah, yeah. The, the, those those kind of appearances would have worked well. It's, it's the same way, kind of. Um, uh, Billy Zane's cameo at the end. It was also not great. Yeah, but but like you think of movies where 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 these sorts of things do work well like well, I mean in... Billy Zane cameo in Zoolander for example exactly like, you, like yeah. to pick a very specific very similar example like, uh, but Michael Hasselhoff in Dodgeball um, maybe that sort of thing where it's not a particularly funny cameo but you're so kind of um, on board but it's funny because you've you, um, you're kind of on a roll yeah and you sort of go with it. I mean, yeah, it, like there's a lot of stuff in there that feels like it's just that. And again, you wonder if it's the edit or it just feels sort of tired. It just feels like it's in there because we have it. So we might as well use it. The Billy Zane cameo is a, is a great example where Billy Zane is boarding the Titanic, which is obviously the joke there. But it, it lasts like two seconds. He waves hello to them. He's apparently called Billy Zane. He hasn't he hasn't even bothered to shave his beard. So he looks like the character from Titanic. Like yeah, they, but they started kind of unfunny and then they've kind of added wrinkles to the unfunny joke because they've 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 said kind of um oh you have John Watson to thank for, for all of your family being, being on, on the Titanic. Titanic which is very um they set up that joke and put a lot of kind of um uh, emphasis on time into it yeah. yeah like 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 this is um this is important. Pay like, attention. Yeah, yeah, but it, but it 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 could have been funny if it had been kind of a smaller joke. Yeah, that built or whatever. Yeah, supposed to like be. if if um. Yeah, like I I don't want to tell them how to make a a, a, a funny comedy movie, movie because I, I but but there were just parts of it that didn't work. I did. It's, it's sometimes it's difficult to tell why they don't work. Yeah, but other 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 parts work quite well. Like I enjoyed Kelly McDonald as um, uh, as Mrs. Uh, yes, well Moriarty's daughter. Yes, uh, but also Mrs. Hudson as well. Yes, because the, the the Watson is saying, uh, but. But she swore on the queen's life, and it, she's like, "I'm gonna kill the queen." <laughs> like, yeah, you idiot. 
No, I, the, like, her, again, her, that's a wrong... Her, 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 her overdone Scottish accent yes. is, is, is great. And it will crush your brains. And it's like, I, I know you're threatening me, but I can't understand a word you're saying. Um, yeah, there's a lot of... And I mean, even, I like the, the quick shot of her goons, which include Charlie Chaplin and Albert Einstein for no real reason whatsoever, aside from to suggest that this is all a- anachronistic. Because obviously yeah, Titanic the, and, the, and Queen Victoria and stuff like that. It's ex- extremely anachronistic because <laughs> yeah. you've got like uh, the t- uh, Mahatma Gandhi. Yeah. Um, in, in the papers also, like remarking on his opinion of like the uh, the trial. And again, part of me is wondering, am I giving the movie too much credit where this anachronism is the point and the joke and what's funny? Or is it just doing that family guy thing of here's something that people recognize from the past. It doesn't matter that they, that they all fit together. And like, I mean... What if Einstein was from New Jersey? <laughs> but I mean, even... Even things like that again, the inclusion of the Charlie Chaplin and Albert Einstein Eek. in in the goons uh, kind of suggests that maybe this this is intentional and they're aware of what they're doing. That's kind of like, I give them a little bit of credit for that. That's sort of like spoofing of Hollywood history, you know, where it's like, uh, yeah, it was Britain in the past. So like, I don't know, the Titanic was there, Charlie Chaplin was there, Queen Victoria, Gandhi, I guess. I don't. He would have been a public figure. I kind of like Churchill. To... Yeah, he's, probably uh, Churchill is a guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's British he's and probably history. around then. He's yeah. certainly not around now. Yeah, so, so therefore, he, I mean, logic yeah. is the same. Path. And I kind of like... Robin Hood. <laughs> no, too no, far. Yeah, I think so. Um, but why wouldn't Robin Hood have a gun? Let me ask you a question. But yeah, like I feel like that stuff kind of works. Where it's like I appreciate what they're doing. Jon Snow. <laughs> <laughs> don't want it um <laughs> i never have um but yeah so it's it kind of that sort of stuff i i appreciate and i like um there is yet yeah, it's just i think it's interesting i didn't enjoy the autopsy the but, sensuous but, autopsy to um was it eternal john chain melody needed, they needed to make a like obviously unchained melody is is an anachronism yeah but they like it felt like the way to do that would be to make kind of like a a like because they, they sort of half did it because they had it coming from a gramophone, yeah. But they didn't make up. it the kind of like crackly sort of like old timey kind of yeah. There's the sound of water. Do we know what music sounded like then? Well, this is the thing where you have wax recordings from back then. This is the thing where, like, Daniel Day-Lewis for Gangs of New York, he learned oh, his accent. Yeah, you know why he's. <laughs> Wait. My darling, I'm hungry for your kiss. It would have it uh some some something like that where it sounds more kind of like what you would but, associate as yeah, being but older. It, but actually, I don't know. Didn't it? Didn't it just sound like they were playing on off an i off an iPhone? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that happens throughout where they use like rap music and stuff like that, and they use sort of like modern sort of again modern sounding music. Extra diegetically, to be fair. But right. again, the film has this weird, like, even the opening credits sequence and the closing credits have this modern pop music. And again, it, it's not like... Which is fine. Like, like they 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 can do that. I, 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 mean, think, like I it, think when they were doing the rap music, they were doing it, but about 
kind of Holmes and Watson are yeah. being like about Victorian kind of London or England. Yeah. Am I right? I don't know. I didn't. Uh, I didn't catch that. I thought it was more that they were spoofing Guy Ritchie's, right? And uh, which again is is something that's worth doing. Like again, that's where you have like uh, Holmes's little vision, where he has like the maths and the layout and the sort of like the the plans and the numbers and the well, maths. That, yeah, and stuff like that. but that, that, uh, that's very like the kind of Moffat's um, Sherlock uh, Sherlock as well. Yeah. I I I actually enjoyed the um, the sequence where he pisses his pants. <laughs> Because it's him doing that kind of like Sherlock thing of 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 over calculating. Let me figure out like the the angle of this. And it shows like his head, like Will Ferrell's head head popping out of of, his zip. and no, I I I I really enjoyed that because it was done like a kind of like a Leonardo da Vinci sort of drawing. Yeah. But it was like describing the plan for <laughs> like and peeing then, against a wall. Yeah, yeah, um, and then like hugging his friend while like pissing himself. Yeah, and then I mean, even even to be fair, I didn't mind the bit in the ring with the uh, with the pipe where he throws the pipe to distract him. Has this incredibly elaborate plan for how he's going to defeat him using these quick blows, which again is very Robert Downey Jr. sort of spoofing Sherlock, but is is that sort of stuff or Sherlock Holmes? And then well, yeah, he throws we, the pipe, and the pipe just lands. What is what was it? The eleven percent solution. Yeah, as well. Yeah, was 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 as that a similar, was? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which has a sort of a similar type thing as well. But I, I kind of like that bit where he throws the pipe up and it's like, it just lands and that's it. Um, and that sort of sense of humor I really enjoy. That sort of joke. And there is... And I, the the pro- problem, with, problem with that was that we kind of knew when he uh, threw it up in the air that that was what was going to happen. Yeah. Oh, no. It, yeah, it was not a, not a particularly elegant joke. Not a particularly no. unpredictable joke. And again, that's the issue with a lot of those the, the jokes in here as well. Um, and again, this is the thing where... With stuff like the rap music or with stuff like the modern music, it feels like the film is sort of almost half-assedly. Like being like, are we referencing the 2009 Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes? Is that still a thing that people will recognize? Because we're like, at this stage, 10 years removed from this. You know, and like, I mean, even if you look at, say, Game of Shadows, which was, what, 2013? So we're, you know, we're five or six years removed from these things being a huge cultural force. Right. Now, rumor has it they're doing a third one. I don't know if and when they'll get off the ground. But there's a weird... Sorry, there were two? Yeah, there were two of them. The okay. second one was not great. I really, I liked the first one a lot. But the second one was very not good. But the issue is that with the, um, that, there's a real sense of, like, is... The Guy Ritchie Sherlock movie still a thing. I mean, even Is like it Holmes Watson and Two Smoking Barrels. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Um, it was. It was Jared Harris was uh, Moriarty, oh. and was somehow squandered in the role. Well, Ray Fiennes, yes, is, <laughs> is also squandered is, in the role. Somehow squandered in the role. Like the most he gets to do is 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 is. is Twitch his hand. Yeah, he's he's playing his um, doppelganger, the 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 the, the lookalike Musgrave. Yeah, and that's like the most he gets to do in it when he's twitching at the bottom and he's being stabbed. Yeah. Um, when it's like yeah, when his hand is twitching like a chronic masturbator. It feels um, it feels like he had a kind of like a uh, Patrick Stewart with the emoji movie was like I'm playing a great big poo. Yes. <laughs> um, um, I'm sort of hanging yeah. around. I'm but like, if I'm... Ray finds is like, here's the pitch. <laughs> You're, You're not actually Moriarty, but a chronic masturbator <laughs> who looks like Moriarty. Yeah. Like, 
this will show I have a sense of humor, right? Exactly. Um, and again, well, to be fair, it does look a lot like Ray finds the scenes could have been shot over the course of a weekend. And I, again, but there were probably there was probably a lot of a lot kind of uh, cut from this. There yeah. must have been. Yeah, looking at it, there it, it kind of paid out in a kind of a uh, yeah the closing uh, scene stupid way as yeah. well. The closing scene with Moriarty in is it the Wyoming territories? Yeah, where he's and just then, a, and then and uh, presumably the kids they brought over the kid from London because it's the, it's the kid from London who reads right. the news. So presumably they brought him on a boat as well, so he could go over and and deliver this news to Moriarty yeah. while they stared menacingly at him across the bar, dressed like cowboys. Yeah, which also undercuts him having arrived a on a hat. Yeah, because he's now wearing a cowboy hat. Now he's wearing a different one, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a terrible ending. I mean, like, it's it's not a good film, but it's a terrible <laughs> ending. Um, After having watched this movie for... for And, and uh, like, the, this, the, this is the movie that we didn't like. It deserved a better ending. <laughs> which is saying something, isn't it? Like, um, but yeah, it's, it's surreal. And then the idea that it's it's not Moriarty, but it's Moriarty's daughter, which again, you're right that it gives Kelly MacDonald stuff to do. And that's great. And Kelly MacDonald is having good fun in that stretch of the film. I'm not entirely sure of like the stretch beforehand with Mrs. Hudson, where she's, what, she's having lots of sex in the apartment and is very bad at paying attention to their needs. That's about it. And is sorry about poisoning Watson. At one point, she gets knocked out at one point by yeah. a cricket bat. Yeah, there, there, um, there was some good, like, there were parts of this movie that kind of reminded me of good kind of Farrell and Riley, which is maybe why the 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 the, the movie was so hated by so many people because they remind you of something that's better than what yeah. you're watching. Because the, 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 the scene when they're shouting for her. Yeah. And, 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 and they're like, fire, fire. Um, Hudson, your mother is dead. Um, and all that sort of stuff. They, they're, they're, that is very separate. They're, yeah. They're, they're doing that kind of thing where they're, they're heightening and they're kind of like saying all these kind of outrageous stuff. But it's not. Just to get the attention. Just to get. Yeah. 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 Like that uh, um, and it's, it's, it's good stuff, but it's in a. It's it's in a movie where where it's going to be followed by by kind of a dud um, joke uh, yeah. um, uh, straight after. Like it's funny that she's having sex with someone in Watson's room. Maybe that could have been funny, but it wasn't funny in this. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and there are other kind of like a, 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 I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's hard to quantify. And again, if I I feel like a, 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 it's unfair for John C. Riley to get his his best supporting actor Razzie. Yeah. Is it that they give it to John C. Riley because they like him <laughs> and they don't want to award um, Will Ferrell? Well, Will no, I, for like, like how do how do these things work? Well, the thing with the golden raspberries is that again, and and I won't be the first person to say this, and it's almost like it's always one of those hipster cliches of criticism about the golden raspberries. Why is, are they golden as well? <laughs> because because it's gold because it's awards you know sort of like but in terms of winners and sort of nominees the argument is that like the golden raspberries tend to favor particular styles of films and particular actors and particular sort of like roles and they don't tend to nominate the worst they tend to go for low-hanging fruit so for example there's the really right. great observation that um 
was it uh, Sandra Bullock who became who was one of the rare actors to win both an Oscar and a Golden Raspberry in the same year? Right. She won the the Oscar for The Blind Side and won the uh, Oscar for, sorry the Razzie for All About Steve, uh, which is the one with Bradley Cooper. Okay. Um, and the thing with that is that she she actually accepted. She went to the theater and accepted her Razzie. One of the rare actresses, I think, Hale Berry also accepted hers. Uh, but um, she made the point, and it was a it was a very good speech. But she made the observation that like. What was it about my performance that was actually bad? Which was like, I was given the script. I made all the choices that I could make as an actor in order to try and make this script work. What would you change about my performance in particular? Not the script, not the lines, not the character. What decision did I make as an actor? Or what was I unable to do as an actor that, you know, sort of made me worthy of winning this award? Um, And it's a very good point. There's a tendency where... That again, they go for these low-hanging fruits. So, like, if you want to look at previous winners of the Golden Raspberry Award, in 2015, tie between Fantastic Four and Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, in 2016, it was Hillary's America, The Secret History of the Democratic Party. In 2017, it was The Emoji Movie. And this year was Holmes and Watson. But these are all very popular choices, if they make sense. They're what people think about when they think about bad movies in inverted commas. The reason that Farrell didn't win Best Actor is because Donald Trump won Best Actor. Because of course it is. Because why wouldn't you give the statue to Donald Trump if you could? Just as a statement because we're hipping down with the kids. Same way that this movie well, can't I mean, resist the urge. I mean, I haven't seen Eleven Nine. But... No, he's not an actor in it. It's no. archive footage. No, it's a very cynical move from them, to be honest. And it, it's this sort of thing where they always go for the easy choices. Like, the other nominees this year were Holmes and Watson, Gotti, The Happy Time Murders, Robin Hood and Winchester, which are all like, I mean, okay, Gotti is a Traster piece. The Happy Time Murders is legitimately Traster piece. Um, it's it's something to behold. It's, disaster is trash. Yeah. Um, right. But uh, Gotti is like, Gotti is John Travolta doing his uh, Marlon Brando impression. I would have rather got cancer again than they touch a hair on your head. Or uh, the bit where, like, he's, uh, after his son has died, Gotti is very, very upset and wants to communicate this to people. So he's like, you know, your God did this. Why would God do this? He was 12 years old. He didn't have a hair on his prick. And it's like, wow, I feel like this is very emotional. This is obviously very personal. Um, yeah, so Gotti is something behold. The Happy Time Murders is terrible. Robin Hood is, uh, it's just a bad, boring film. And Winchester is just a bad, boring film. But I mean, things like, for example, in 2017, where it's Baywatch, Fifty Shades Darker, The Mummy, and The Transformers film. These are all just like, they're easy marks for these awards. They're sort of like, they're, they seem like low-hanging fruit if you're doing this. It's like, what would be the easiest films that I could well, name? How many the selected? Um, I think it's, I think it's pretty much, a, it's a small group of people. It's a small committee that decides on them. Razzie's so white. <laughs> What are we going to see people of color? Why aren't there more Tyler Perry movies? Uh, yeah, nominated, um, for example. Dear. Yeah, But like things like, again, 2016, Hillary's America, Batman vs. Superman, Dirty Grandpa, Gods of Egypt, Independence Day Resurgence, and Zoolander 2. Right. Yeah, you know? and again, like, all of those are big films. That's the thing. They have to be big films, and they have to be popularly seen as bad. And it's it's very... Yeah, is it punching down then yeah. to 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 say that a a daft uh, Tyler Perry movie is it, it, like deserves a Razzie? Yeah, good, but be because like 
are are they are they really um that bad? They tend to have like a very wholesome message to them. They're all kind of like about uh, a family, and also they they might make millions of dollars, but they don't have these kind of um. I guess household names and 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 have the kind of cultural cachet and of like, yeah, an impact. Independence Day or a yeah. or a Transformers and certainly not outside the states anyway. Like I don't think the Medea films got theatrical release in Ireland to pick an example. Right. Yeah. But I mean, again, like this is the thing where you can predict what's going to end up here. The Michael Bay a Michael Bay movie is going to end up on here, for example. Christian films are going to end up on here, for example. Again, the Razzies tend to be. I think you know, there's a tendency to almost be like low hanging fruit, where it almost be. You know, it would almost be insane to see something nominated for Best Picture listed on there, to pick an example, or to see a foreign film nominated on there, to pick an example. I don't know. It, it just, it does, to me, it feels like it, it's the most straightforward. And again, crass. And again, this is the thing that you have. It's it's the inverse of the Oscars. But the Oscars tend to do, where you have these small indie films that do get nominated alongside these bigger films at the same time, where your Oscar race can include things like, for example, The Favourite and can include Black Panther at the same time, can include things like Vice and things like Dunkirk, can include Get Out and can include things like Darkest Hour. Whereas the Razzies tend to be relatively mainstream as long as there's like a famous actor associated with them or involved in them like you want to look at last year's nominees you have will ferrell and holmes and watson in gotti you've john travolta the happy time murders you have melissa mccarthy robin hood uh you have actually is an interesting one because you have taron egerton and jamie fox but do people really care about those but even winchester is uh helen mirren um is her sort of like awful movie that helen mirren made and she should be ashamed of herself aspect to it like I, I would, I would much rather see, and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm. Com- it seems like something like the, the post say. Yeah. If that had been, if that had been really bad, like, 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 <laughs> like terrible, like, yeah. like then I would, I, w- I would want that on the on, on, on the, the bottom one hundred. Okay, yeah. or, or 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 in the Razzie. Razzies because it's kind of like you know uh, Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep kind of doing a a very, very earnest of, yeah, and important yeah. in inverted commas yeah, exactly yeah like a Democrat <laughs> uh, 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 movie which, yeah. which which is why it's interesting actually to see what uh, Hillary's uh, America Hillary's America yeah. and I mean things like Donald Trump winning the uh, the Best Actor prize to give an example there yeah and I mean and again I think that there is an element of that to it and I wonder if that is an element of sort of like and I think that that's maybe how they ended up with John C. Riley winning for supporting actor was not necessarily on the merits of his performance as it were, because I'm not entirely sure that's how these things end up being picked. If I'm being cynical, I think it's because they looked at the actor category and they'd given that to Donald Trump as a statement and they wanted to make sure that Holmes and Watson took home its share of trophies almost. I mean, am I being cynical about these things? Probably. I'll probably, I'll concede that. I'm probably being very cynical about it. Well, that's fine. Like, I, 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 who cares? That's fair. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, I don't think anybody's crying about this. Uh, but in terms of Holmes and Watson, is there anything else you want to discuss? Anything that we haven't talked about already? I think the first scene with the um, there were parts of it that kind of uh, spoke to me. The the, the uh, very first scene, like the pre- yeah. the pre You know, the thing about the the um like in insincere children. Yeah. Playing kind of like jokes on on people. I. It reminded me of I think yesterday, I was on a bus and I had earphones in, and there was um, insincere kids. Cause in 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 this movie, what it is 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 children coming over to him and saying, "Oh, um, uh, 
listen, Holmes, we we feel like we've 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 been very hard on you. I I um I think it was wrong, kind of, you know, and, to make fun and, of you and your turtle. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and and then it kind of like plays out. Yesterday on on the bus, I had this kind of thing where I don't think I got the punchline because I put the the earphones back in but it was a very strange kind of an interaction and it's maybe a mark of how children's and teens humor has maybe moved on from where it was in our generation and progress i guess because it it used to be that kids would just go straight to kind of making fun of of somebody for or, or, or like calling somebody gay now it's 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 developed to where the joke is that they're gay, so it it was it was it was kind of like a, a, a tapping me on the shoulder and 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 like kind of blowing kisses at me and and saying oh you're so pretty and it's like I like your beard and and like all of those sorts of things, and I just kind of turned around and I said like, what, it's like I I I I like your beard and then blowing kisses and saying kind of um I a you're 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 very pretty kiss kiss and I was like oh uh thank you um I'm just kind of put him back there was something about the 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 I guess I I didn't get to see what 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 the hilarious kind of payoff of that setup had been of that setup uh would be but it did speak to me this 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 kind of thing of 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 uh, kind of um, children playing kind of like these these, these jokes on people. Um, I don't know where I thought that was going. Sorry. <laughs> there it's was, there it's was... worth noting, by the way, in terms of the introductory scene, and this is kind of vaguely interesting and demonstrates how horribly cut together the film was. The North American cut and the European cut feature very different opening scenes. Uh, we watched the American cut, which has the introductory Why? scene with the... Because I didn't have access to the European cut. I bought it online digitally. But the European cut opens... It cuts that entirely, which means that the sequence later on where Holmes tries to pull his tear back into his eye makes no sense because it's a callback to that scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's also... The European cut also traditionally opens with... Uh, it's... An, an adult Holmes accidentally saves an adult Watson from committing suicide while working in his garden. I have no idea how or why that scene plays out in the way that it does, but that's apparently how the European cut of the film opens. Oh, okay. There was also the um, the part about Holmes doing very well in school because he gets every other child um, expelled, expelled yeah. which kind of makes some sense because because like I I I think. A lot of the part, a lot of the reason why gifted children don't do well in schools is other is children because they have to share time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> which um, is very efficient. Yeah. Oh, Lestrade's wife. Oh, was we had very... some food waste uh, and inappropriate smoking as well. Yeah, you had him eating the. Um... Oh yeah, you had inappropriate smoking with in, the long in, exercises in, in the gym. Yeah. yeah, you had him throwing away that that um that onion. Yeah, I've eaten uh, uh raw onion. Uh, by the way. Not quite like that. I think I th- I I I, th- I think you may have cut it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I may have cut it up. Rather than trying to eat it like an apple. What were you going to say about Lestrade's wife? Yeah, is her being like re- uh, distractingly fit, or, uh, or, or, or were you more, going to say something else? Uh, kind of that. I was going to make the observation that it's very strange that like Lestrade 
seems to always be present with his wife, like when he's in court with Moriarty, which is when he's like... She's no lines. Yeah, she's presu- like he's presumably there doing official police duty. Like, he's doing his job. He's there as part of his job. And it's very strange that his wife kind of comes to his job to sit with him and to walk with him. And as you point out, has no lines. It took me She's a, a bosom. Yeah, it's various. It's a very weird choice. I think she's she's more visible in the court scene than she is at the party later on, which will be a much more appropriate place to see Lestrade's wife. It's it was really distracting, and I mean, you know, not in a like shallow, superficial sort of way, but in like a this is like the police are there, they're making charges. Why is there a beautiful woman in a blue dress standing next to him saying nothing? Well, I, we're we're not going to revisit our um, previous two fifty kind of. Actually, I think we had Graham on recently and he was saying, hey, Andrew, is this something for daddy? <laughs> it's like, no, Graham, we've... Uh, we, we retired there. that. But man. there is something for daddy in this movie. <laughs> the, um, they have Lestrade's wife and they have the kind of... Um, they have a scene with Watson... Um, uh, playing and, sensuous chess yeah, uh, with Grace Hart. With Grace Hart. Where it's it, it, like uh, genuinely sexy Rebecca Hall... And joke sexy John C. Riley, and and it's kind of like what what's what's, what's the funny here? thing here? Like like the because generally in something like that, the joke is going to be that um, uh, John C. Riley and Rebecca Hall are playing strip chess. So the punchline will be that the, he ends the, up the, stripping. The punchline, yeah, will be that he, he ends he, he loses all his clothes and she's fully dressed. Yeah. Because she's a, the, like the the um, she's a doctor, Andrew. Even yeah. though she's a lady, yeah. Cause, but but she's also the it's Rebecca Hall. So like the, the it's not funny seeing her uh, take off her clothes yeah. because she's a very good looking woman. Yeah. But uh, anyway, sorry. Well, I think the but joke like, is that it like builds that shot of like, Will Ferrell. But, but like, I mean, yeah. But you have again. the entire scene that leads up to it, where it is transparently. We put Rebecca Hall in a corset, and we're going to ask her to. People would lick, like to see that. Yeah, and we're going to ask her to lick a chess piece. Um, yeah, similarly with with with, with Lestrade's wife. Now, I think we fall differently on these sorts of questions because <laughs> I kind of unambiguously enjoy, um, like, even even though I'm kind of like. Movies shouldn't objectify uh, <laughs> women to the extent that they do, but I, 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 <laughs> I am just a kind man. of I enjoy what just... they're doing as well. Um, not gonna lie, I I think they can. There are moments where I've enjoyed like that sort of fan service and cheesecake and stuff like that. But I think it's just distracting. Is the the issue with things like this where it's like because it's. it's Again, it's it's Rob Brydon. He's a like he's a fun again, he's not the only actor that the movie wastes in a thankless role. Steve Coogan shows up. Coogan famously showing up on the Empire podcast a month after the film was released, saying, Look, I know people are saying that it's now, right? But I figure what'll happen is let the dust settle, twenty year time, let people go back, watch it, make their own assessment. I think in twenty years time they'll say, Well, it's still um, yeah, it's going to be like kind of when when people look back at Peter Sellers and there are certain like like there's so many kind of classic Peter Seller movies and then there are other kind of yeah. less classic even even within the kind of Panther franchise there 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 are some which 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 are a little bit kind of phoned in yeah but there's stuff like the party 
where you uh, look back on a movie like The Party where where Peter Sellers is playing an Indian man and it's, it's like kind of a lot of slapstick around it, that well yeah yeah exactly yeah. so um but 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 this doesn't when kind of cinephiles will look back they'll be like um you know there'll be like a thing on channel 4 where they'll be playing a series of of of, oh, Will, of Ferrell. Will Ferrell movies and it's like and here for the completionist is um Holmes and Watson is Holmes and Watson now a lot of people will. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> a lot of people. Why is Michael Caine hosting? This? Yeah, why is, Michael, why is Michael Caine hosting? Not a lot of people. Not a lot of people know about this movie yeah, yeah. for good reason. <laughs> I am Michael Caine impersonator, introducing Channel Four comedy movies of Will Ferrell and John C. Riley in twenty forty three. Not because unless... this makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, look at the world of the state that we're in. Can, can, it's can the you, future. Can you, can you, can you, can you like, state with absolute certainty that it wouldn't make sense? <laughs> um, yeah, no, <laughs> no, 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 probably, probably, probably can't. I do like Pete, that you know, like, and, Pete, I'm looking at Andrew's Pete, notes over his shoulder. And again, there's Lauren Lapkus is in this, is one of those notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> quite like, in it's case like, he forgets. Um, Holmes and Watson, a notable movie because they predict brain speaking. <laughs> Ah, you Laurie, you Laurie is in this for about five minutes. Again, again, this feels like they were shooting in London or whatever and just happened to have a bunch of people on speed dial, which I suppose is how these things work. Yeah. Um, And again, that feels like a reference to the, the Guy Ritchie movies where I think, if I remember correctly, Mycroft is played by Stephen Fry. Oh, okay. So it feels like it might be a nod to that perhaps as well. It's It's weird. Like, again, this is one of the things where you're watching. It's like Airplane. Where, like, Airplane came out at a time when they were doing all these spoofs of, like... Well, sorry, where they weren't doing spoofs. Where you had all these airport disaster movies. Like right. Airport 66 or whatever. Airport 86 or that sort of stuff. And you had this idea of, like, movies that were about these planes and these plane crashes and stuff like that. And so Airplane was spoofing a very specific thing. But because Airplane has endured longer than the movies it was spoofing, it kind of exists out of context with them. And it's very strange to kind of to, to picture it as something that existed in the style of something like a funny version of like epic movie or superhero movie or whatever. Right. Um, and it's kind of interesting with this watching it where I'm wondering how much of this exists in the context of the Guy Ritchie movies, which, you know, we're I liked the first one a lot and were a big deal at the time. They're Robert Downey Jr.'s it's other franchise. Big deal now. Yeah. At all. Yeah. And it just sort of feels almost out of place. Like, again... It took me a moment to figure out, wait, you Laurie's there. Is that because Stephen Fry played the role of Mycroft in Sherlock and Sherlock Holmes? I think if they had done it straight away in 2008, it would be underdone. Yeah. And then it it, it, it would it would be kind of, um, you know, it, it I'd say it would have been medium well in around 2013. Yeah. And then they left it in <laughs> for too long. <laughs> up until the point where it, uh, people had, had, had forgotten... That these things existed yeah, almost. and didn't care. Yeah. We're, we're, we're... And it's just a lump of coal for Newcastle. Exactly. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything we haven't discussed already? Well, let's hear from some of the listeners. Oh, it's, uh, we forget that this isn't live. We, we spoiled you by doing it live that one time, Andrew. <laughs> if you want, we can do another 18-hour podcast live. No. If you're... <laughs> <We're> like... <laughs> <laughs> tiredly reading <laughs> <laughs> is like um, 
I'm a big butt face <laughs> who 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 likes to sniff butts. Hey, yeah, it's uh, oh, you just made me read that, didn't you? Anyway, no, 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 nothing, nothing, nothing more really. Anything you'd like to plug there? Oh well, I guess actually, if uh, if we're plugging things that relate to Sherlock Holmes, I actually quite enjoyed uh, seeing Moffat Sherlock, um, which is quite good. And again, it's another example of the adaptation of Sherlock Holmes. And again, it feels like it's maybe a minor influence on this. I don't think it's as big an influence as, for example, the Guy Ritchie movies are. But there's an element of it there, I think you point out, with the, the Holmes vision, as it were, and the plotting together. And particularly the, the emphasis on the toxic relationship between Holmes and Watson, which is kind of like a fixture of all these Holmes adaptations, is that like Holmes and Watson probably really shouldn't be friends. It's not a healthy relationship for either of them. Isn't this um, Watson in the uh, Guy Ritchie uh, movies? Isn't is is isn't he um, Jude Law played by Jude Law? Yeah, you can't really feel too sorry. <laughs> no, you can't. There has to be a limit, a ceiling on how sorry you can feel for Jude Law. On the other hand, he's played by Martin Freeman in. I suppose actually, yeah, Martin Freeman maybe has the same issue. Martin <laughs> Freeman, no, no, Martin Freeman is 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 believable and enough as, as a, a, sad, a kind sad. of set upon kind of. Yeah. Um, Low self-esteem, bullied, yeah. sort of like pressed upon person. He's always very good at, at, yeah. at, 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 at playing those sorts of roles, Martin Freeman. Yeah. And I think that uh, I think that Moffat's uh, Sherlock touches on a lot of the same ideas, particularly this idea of arrested development, this idea of emotional development being as important as intellectual development. I think it does a much better job of it as well, in that it's, again, it's a story of a great man who's trying to be a good man. Yeah, and, and the, the, yes, exactly. That's... The kind of problem, I think, with this kind of movie is I don't buy Holmes becoming um, a, a rounder person. There's an extent to which kind of um, in, in, stuff, in stuff like Step Brothers, they kind of have a payoff for those characters kind of becoming uh, grown-ups. Well, they get and, they manage their own company. Yeah, yeah, but it but it's also kind of stupid. Yeah, and therefore kind of fits. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of undercuts the kind of the standard the, self-aware, self-growth exactly. sort of message yeah, that yeah. you expect with modern comedies. Like Pag, to yeah. take an example, has one of those self-awareness, self-help stuff, self-actualization. Yeah, almost, yeah. But um, and 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 that that works kind of well. But 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 there 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 isn't. It doesn't handle it very well here. Yeah. Because, because like Holmes is always going to be this kind of vain and um, self-absorbed and, yeah. and unaware of others. Like I mean, you know. yeah. Is there anything you'd like to recommend? Something Sherlocky at the uh, a eleven percent solution. Yes, or seven yes. percent solution. Seven percent. Sorry, is I, I should yeah, I should have mentioned it earlier. Sorry. A seven percent solution, which is from uh, Nicholas Meyer. Adapted yeah. from his own novel, which is great. Nicholas Meyer, director of, of Star Trek Two and Star Trek Four, who worked on the story of Star Trek. Uh, sorry, Star Trek Two and Star Trek Six worked on the story of Star Trek Four. So yes. the Wrath of Khan, the Undiscovered Country, are both Nicholas Meyer movies, and he also worked with Harv Bennett on, I think, the story for Star Trek Four. So yeah, the the if 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 you liked even numbered uh, Star Trek movies, which which I imagine you do. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because um, you're a listener with taste, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the good ones, by the way. The the, the um. Although I I think after the uh, Kirk movies, it doesn't necessarily follow in. It uh, doesn't hold up. I mean, you'd argue that the only good one after that is of the set is the First Contact, which is eight, but ten is terrible. See, I prefer Generations to ah, First Contact. Okay. Anyway. 
But in the Seven Percent Solution uh, stars uh, Nicole Williamson as Sherlock and Robert Duvall as Sigmund Freud. Yeah, and you, you've you've got Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin as well. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Robert Duvall is ho- is uh, Watson, isn't he? And uh, it's Sigmund Freud is Alan Arkin. Apologies. Exactly. And Moriarty is Laurence Olivier. Which is it, and it's a um, it's a terrific and kind of strange um, uh, movie. Yeah. Um, really, so really yeah, like ch- it. Check um, check it out. Also, in terms of recent uh, Will Ferrell uh, comedies, I think I mentioned it earlier on, but um, The House. Um, I'd I have say a soft to, to, house. Yeah, I'd say to people to check that out. And it feels it feels like Jason Manzukis, who like as a man in his forties, kind of is is, having a moment. Yeah, yeah. Who is the next who's big thing? Kind of breaking out, um, um, which which I guess would be nice to see. Because as 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 we've seen, I think even in the house there was an extent to which kind of there 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 seems to be even though that even though I really enjoyed that movie, there is you do get some sense of maybe Will Ferrell being a little bit tired of 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 Shtick to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah, of, of 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 these kind of movies and some of the best parts of of the house. Being in the um, smaller sort of um, moments, yeah, yeah, and that sort of exhaustion that he feels. Well, again, the cat, the way the film's structured means that Manzukas is the guy who essentially sort of like pushes it. Yeah, and so exactly. He's, he's the 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 the, um, the eccentric supporting character in that. Yeah, like, again, and can 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 heighten things. Yeah, which is what which is what Manzukas um, is is very good at. He's very good at bringing that um, energy, that energy, like like he does it in the league, which I don't like as much. But he has said kind of um, Rafi is the disgusting. But there, there's a lot of things that Menzukas can do. Yeah, because well, I mean he's in, in John Wick in, Chapter in, Three, as you noted earlier. Yeah, yeah, in 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 the dictator, he's he does something. It's a very small role, isn't it? Yeah, or? but he he plays the he he does a very good um, uh, straight man. Yeah, Menzukas often is very good at, at saying, hold on, wait, wait, you're you're saying something crazy. Now you you should understand that like everything that you've said is 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 nuts. And and you really need to question kind of the uh, choices that have brought you to making those sort of statements. He's very good at at, at playing that sort of um, character. Character, yeah. Anyway, yeah, a big, uh, big Manzukas guy. See seeing seeing him last year was 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 a real uh, Oh nice. You saw him on your party rally tour, was it? Yes. Nice. Um, Trying to dr- drum up um, uh, some interest in 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 this podcast. Trying to get a thought. <laughs> a representative there, yeah. Trying to generate yeah. some buzz. Some so you're noise. saying you're going to buy it in a room? Yeah. <laughs> no, we're we're not even saying we're interested. <laughs> like, I'm just saying who who has who has this podcast? There are a lot of people listening to it. Let's just say that. Green light. <laughs> I think that's what you guys call it. Yeah. Hey, I'm new here, but um, thanks. Um, yeah. I just want to say thanks. But yeah, so if people want to be more Andrew in their lives. Where can they find you? Oh, a q u i n n i u q a. If you like and retweet people who like and retweet, then yeah, visit a q u i n n i u q a, or just follow the people that I follow. Yeah. Um, he has Which great is probably taste. like a shortcut to um, <laughs> to the Andrew experience. Yeah, yeah. Follow me, then follow the people that I follow, and then stop following me. <laughs>
and it'll work out perfectly. Yeah, you'll get the same experience, yes. but more directly. <laughs> um, you can follow me at Darren underscore Mooney. Uh, the podcast, you can follow it at the 250. And we're, uh, we're available on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, wherever good podcasts are available, and where maybe some not-so-good ones are you, as well. You can um, you can also uh, play our uh, podcast on repeat, <laughs> so that at the end of this, it starts again with, the, with, um, with us uh, talking about Holmes and Watson. Yeah, I mean, why would why wouldn't you want to listen to this in perpetuity? That's the real question. Um, if you do like, an, you can play shuffle. If you, it, 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 we 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 could maybe eventually create a playlist which which will which will play the two fifty in the order. Oh, of the, of the IMDb list. Yeah, which would be great. Yeah, like, we, which 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 would be a sensible way for the, <laughs> for this podcast to go if the IMDb two fifty wasn't something that's constantly <laughs> shifting. Um, so for 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 example, we've already done the Shawshank Redemption, which was either the first or the last episode, probably the last one. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to play the podcast like that, you can you can on. Um, Spotify create any sort of playlist you want to um, yep yeah. so you can do that there as well uh, we'll be back next week bye bye